Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. <laughs> I love Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Krejci, alongside, as always, a non-toxic and pleasant white male, Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? Wasn't that what it was? That was most of it. I think I combined two. Did I combine two of them? They were separate, weren't they? It wasn't. I know I wasn't going to do all of them, but it was non-toxic and pleasant. And then I think I added the white male part because there was another part of your uh, your medical record that said something about a white male, if I remember correctly. So no, it definitely said white male. But was that in the same part as the non-toxic and pleasant? Yes. Oh, what? okay. So it was a non-toxic and pleasant oh, white male. You forgot well-nourished. <laughs> well, I, I, I disagree with your doctor on that one. So that's, that's... You know nothing of my diet. <laughs> I know some of your diet. I know the diet that you monetize. But you're right. I don't know the day-to-day Joanne's diet. So. You, don't know, you know nothing of my diet. Those are gimmicks. <laughs> what am I going to come on here and do? Uh, yeah, Joe Joe's eat. chopped salad, yeah. Joe yeah. B- baked chicken breast and an arugula <laughs> right, salad. No right. one's going to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Broccoli and arugula with Joe. <laughs> like... Yeah, you got to make it as disgusting as possible. That's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> you have to eat these disgusting objects. Uh, so, yeah, you know nothing of my diet. That's true. What's that, what's that new monstrosity? I know people have been sending it to you. Uh, what is this monstrosity I'm seeing? It looks like a fucking ninja star or something. I don't even know what company he is is selling this. We just, every time our men, I, like three or four times a day, I just get this horrific looking pizza thing in our mentions. And I have no idea the context of it whatsoever. Oh, I think you're talking about the, uh, the little Caesars pizza calzone combo <laughs> okay. where they, oh, is that, <laughs> okay. Okay. That, I guess that's what it is. Um, <laughs> I, in my expert opinion, it appears that they just folded the side of the pizza and then called it a calzone. Is that, is that correct? Or is there something differentiating? The calzone portion of this pizza. Well, they did it on all four sides. Like there's, they folded in all. They okay, so they take a pizza 
And it appears like they just fold over four sides of it to form what they're calling a calzone. I was also going to take umbrage with the with the the the, the call the, referring to it as a calzone, which does not feel correct. But um, yeah, if you've never seen this before, I, I do I do encourage you to Google this so you can get an idea of what the hell we're talking about here. It looks like a ninja star. It looks like some sort of weird. It's definitely it's not a calzone. It's not a pizza, but they're referring to it as both a pizza calzone, even though. Uh, due to their horrific thing that they did to it, it doesn't appear to be either of those two anymore. Yeah, what are they calling it? What What's the name of the item? The exact name is, let's see what the little season, there's probably a press release out here about it, right? It's uh, Pizza Calzone, I think. Uh, it oh, is it. called the Crazy Calzone. Little Caesar says concocted a wild new hybrid combination of a pizza and a calzone dubbed as the Crazy Calzone. So the new menu Crazy item, calzone. yeah, the new menu item centers an entire pepperoni pizza split into four corners of calzone crusts, stuffed with garlic white sauce and mozzarella cheese topped with pepperoni, and a sprinkle of Parmesan cheese for that extra cheesy touch. So there's nothing different inside of the calzone portions of the pizza. It's literally just the crust folded well, over the pizza. I, I guess the one part, the garlic white sauce, I suppose, would be the different. Oh, garlic, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So it says it has garlic white. It says mozzarella cheese, too, but I'm sure the other part. So apparently the, it, the corners, so all they did is, here's what they did. They made a pizza on four corners. They had a dollop of garlic white sauce, and they folded it over and then sell it to you for $9 is what I'm thinking here. Yeah, so, so this garlic white sauce gets shoved in between these folded parts. I think you could do different toppings inside the calzone than you're doing on the pizza as well. So I think on the pizza portion, you can get, say, pepperoni. Okay. And in the calzone port, because in the, the picture on the ad, it appears to be like some sort of stripped meat, like a, a ham or some kind of weird sausage inside the quote unquote calzone portion. We have to make this clear. N- nothing about that is a calzone. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, what, what, what makes this a calzone other than. Yeah. There's bread near it, I think, is the only thing. There's, you know, it has crust is the only thing I can really think of that makes it a calzone. But That's an oddly designed pizza with white garlic sauce is what it is. It's not a calzone in any way, shape, or form. Now, have you seen the pictures of people who have actually ordered this monstrosity? <laughs> it looks even worse in person. Somehow, it, it looks, looks even worse so in person. so bad. One person sent us one, and it literally looks like, you know, when people will save something and be like, wow, I had this, you know, Big Mac for eight years, and this is what it looked like after eight years. And it's like, you know, it's, got a, it's a little weird. It's a little, like, pale, but it mostly looks kind of okay and kind of normal that's somebody sent us one of those and that's what it looked like it looked like you had discovered like you were moving a couch and you went oh fuck like there's a pizza under this couch and that's what appeared the crazy calzone was underneath it it looked absolutely horrific like not even even joking aside like i don't think i would ever take a bite of that thing it looks that bad so i gotta do this thing right? oh absolutely oh for sure yes i've got to do the crazy calzone and the uh, the the Jack in the Box uh, spicy mini spicy tacos yeah, no, that that is a winner right there. I wish I wish I had a Jack in the Box. Well, we'll see. So. The jury's out. That's true. We'll that's see. true. We should not we should not say that so far. We don't know. We'll, we'll see how it turns out. But uh, but yeah, that thing looks atrocious. <laughs> it, it looks like they have, nobody has any idea how to fold it properly. And even when it's folded properly, it still looks terrible. Yeah, it just uh, looks like you're getting a lot less pizza because the one person opened the box and it's like. You know, it's like an eight-inch pizza folded up when it's all done, and you're like, "What the fuck is this thing?" <laughs> like, it's, it's essentially just eating like really messy breadsticks at that point, and, and just get crazy bread. The crazy bread's fine on itself at Little Caesars, you know. Looks like the Iron Cross on Triple H's tights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what it looks like. 
don't uh, Triple H has had enough bad news this week. Don't uh, don't hit him any lower. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> My guy, Paul, <laughs> Uncle Paul. <laughs> oh, fruit... how's your territory coming? <laughs> Those fruit baskets aren't really. Uh... It's not coming well, buddy. No. Oh God, it's it's just hilarious. Wrestling's Running ridiculous. The... Wrestling is so ridiculous right now. I love it. Running from the softball press too. I know he won't even go on the. Those media calls are so bad. It's I mean, just if you Mike can't... Johnson going, "Hey, Paul, how's it going? Oh, hey, Mike, how you doing, pal? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, this week's takeover looks pretty. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole has really been a, a rivalry. It's been going on for a while. Uh, what do you guys think this match is going to be? And, oh, yeah, it's going to be a tremendous match between those two. That's all it is. Yeah. And he won't even do yeah. that. I mean. If if you can't handle the hard hitting questions of a Louis Dangor, then what are we even doing here? I mean, geez, you know, it, it just all you know. Unless it's Sean Ross Sapp or Meltzer, nobody's asking anything that's that's even approaching tough to answer. I mean, these goofs always ask like, ah, what's your most anticipated match upcoming on this takeover? And then he just gives the fluff answer and he moves on. And and if anybody ever asks anything even remotely challenging, he just totally dodges it anyway. So for him to just be skipping these things now, it's just you know, <laughs> you know, he knows what he was in for. He knows what he was in for from the one or two people that were going to ask something decent. And he didn't even want to bother having to dodge it. But uh yeah, speaks volumes that they're pulling <laughs> really that does. off. Uh, it really does. Yeah, it's just an absolutely crazy wrestling. I, I did, you know, last weekend kind of caught us by surprise in terms of all the stuff that was going on last weekend. We're going to review uh, Resurgence and Triple Mania. We watched both of those shows. So we'll, we'll touch on that. But uh, this weekend is is completely loaded here with TakeOver, uh, SummerSlam obviously happening on Saturday, uh, and then tomorrow the Rampage and, and you know, potentially. I, I don't even, like, the last, like, eight weeks we've used potentially CM Punk debut. Like, I, we're just, like, going to say it, right? Like, we're not even going to dance around it anymore, right? There's well, just I mean, no point I, doing it. It's just. Well, I mean, if he's not there, it's an utter and complete disaster. It's a riot. I, I, I might be a part of a riot tomorrow, Joe. So I will, I will live stream that. I will, I will get on the. Uh, we haven't done the Patreon lens in a while. Is that still a thing? Can you even do a lens on Patreon? You can do a lens. Yeah, okay. fire up a lens. Yeah, if if there if a riot ensues in the United Center, I will have the Patreon lens out and running so you guys can see the riot firsthand. So. Uh, and yeah, if that if that show goes off the air at 10 p.m. and and there's no chick man Nick Punk out there, then I think uh, yeah, it could get a little could get a little dicey there in uh, the United Center. So we'll see. I mean, at this point, it would to me, even though they've never said his name, it would constitute false advertisement. I mean, I'd say with it, yeah, saying best in the world, Kenny wearing a Cookie Monster and a chick magnet shirt, uh, it being called the first dance, then booking the United Center. I mean, there's a lot of stuff here that that really yeah, it would be. Uh, pretty close. We there's also I mean we, we saw today a little bit of articles coming out of people saying like oh you know reps at TNT. So I, I don't know I don't know if that's I hate to say we're definitely 100 percent going to see it, but I think it's like 99.9 percent right. I mean, there's a 0.1 percent. You you know it's CM Punk. Who knows <laughs> you know? But uh, I would I say mean, okay, I mean it'd be well, it, it'd be a disaster like you said if he didn't show up. Well, let's talk about this. I I thought for sure that they were finally going to say his name and officially advertise it on on Wednesday. They didn't do that. Um, there's no reason not to do that because even though I think the show is going to do well and even though they've sold out the building and they keep selling out every additional seat that they open up based on the premise he's going to be there, and even though I think a shitload of people are going to watch the TV anyway, you know, flat out saying he's going to be on the show and then hyping the fuck out of it for two days 
in theory, would add additional viewers. So then why not do it? So you go through the reasoning. Okay, what are some of the reasons that they might not just flat out say he's going to be there and hype it for 48 hours? To me, the only thing I can come up with is that he's kind of an oddball. Maybe that was part of the deal where he insisted on, okay, I'll do this. I'll sign, but I insist on my debut being in Chicago and not being announced ahead of time. You can be cute about it. You can hint about it, but I don't want my name advertised for the show. Could, can't you see him being the kind of person who would come up with something bizarre like that just to have some level of control over it? Oh, certainly. Or, yeah, or just to find it fun. Like, hey, let's see if we can do this. Like, he seems like a guy who, who, who very often goes, how can we sort of do something different than we've ever done before? How can we do something that's super counterculture that probably doesn't make any sense, but we're just going to do it anyway because, goddamn, we're just going to do it anyway. And, and th- this would be that. I mean, this is a... This is the most bizarre debut of a wrestler I can ever, ever recall where everybody kind of knows they go so close to the line of just saying it, but they just don't tell you that he's going to be there. And it's, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, in one breath, I understand that you don't need to do it to sell the tickets anymore because Rampage sold pretty quickly. You didn't have to use him. And, and we said that. Like if, if, and I think we said this even four or five weeks ago or whenever the tickets went on sale, is that if, if ticket sales came in kind of light and there's you know 6,000 tickets sold the first day and they're all kind of floating there, there's no doubt in my mind they would have said, all right, fine, CM Punk's coming to Rampage. Buy your tickets now, all right? And, and then that thing would have sold out in a minute. The fact that it didn't sell out, the, or the, the fact that it did sell out without them having to say a thing kind of put the ball in their court of saying, oh, okay, we can do something interesting here. But like you said, now we get to this point where is there a benefit? Is there a, a, a real true benefit to announcing it before the show to try to increase ratings? And I think I, I think there's two ways, and, and there's two ways that I see this, and, and I'm curious where you land on this. I think, obviously, no doubt in my mind that if you say CM Punk is coming on Rampage, you say, hey, on Friday, we've been hinting towards it, but it's true, CM Punk makes his, his AEW debut on Rampage tomorrow, the ratings are going to go up for that show. No doubt about it. I also think, though, I mean, ratings are going to be pretty damn good no matter what because enough people know about it and enough buzz is going on around it. And I think that they're also, and, and I, I'm curious if internally they have this idea, or like you said, Punk maybe has this idea, that it might be kind of cool to, to catch some people by surprise. People that are maybe sleeping on it, people that weren't aware of it, might go, holy shit, what? And, 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 and that might be enough to make you think, shit, I can't miss Rampage ever. Like, I got to watch the show every single Friday. I got to keep my eye on AEW. I got to know what's going on because I don't know what they're doing next. They, 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 they surprised debuted CM Punk without advertising it. Like, that's really cool. That's something I need to check out. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that seems like maybe a little too much thought going into it, but they, they're, they're kind of playing with house money here, really. You know, they sold the building out. They're going to do a good rating no matter what. Now it's just a matter of, you know, do we want to get those extra X amount of people to watch because we advertise them? Or do we want to cause X amount of people to go, holy shit, whoa, what the hell? Like, CM Punk's back? I didn't even know that. What the hell? What's the show on Friday? Like, I, and I, I see benefits to both that, of those. And is, that, and is that worth punting, I don't know, 100,000 extra Yeah, I, I think, can... honestly, in, in my heart of hearts, I would say yes. I think that idea that, oh, my God, anything can happen on these Fridays. you got to watch this show. It's, a, it, it, it's you know, I, I think it is worth that. 
I, I truly do. And I think the surprise factor is so often that we just don't get surprises like this anymore. And, and we don't get like a guy like this coming. And, and, and even though we all know about it, it's still a huge fucking surprise. You know what I mean? When that music hits or however he comes out, that's going to be a big surprise. And it's going to get a huge pop and it's going to get crazy reactions from everywhere. And I, th- there's part of that that's kind of cool where it's just like, you know what? No, we don't have to tell you he's coming. You know he's coming. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And, and, and let's let it be a semi-organic moment when he does eventually come out. And people who have this little doubt in their mind, like you and I, you know, with our point oh one percent or whatever saying, I don't know, like, uh, who knows? Like, I think that's enough of a fun thing to do is just to say, hey, you know what? Let's leave a little doubt in those people's minds. And then the show opens, Colt's personality plays, the building goes nuts and, and, and it's worth it because that is something now that people will always remember and say, hey, look, you know, you never know what's going to happen on Friday Night Dynamite or a Friday Night Rampage. So it's a show worth checking out every single week. I don't so know. it makes it more interesting and more fun for the people who already suspect he's going to be there. And it also grabs the attention of the people who may not uh, have been paying attention or don't live their lives online or, 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 or maybe watch one Dynamite a month and didn't pick up on the hints. And it'll also grab their attention once he does appear. Right. So it's worth punting a few 50 to 100 to however many uh, 150,000 extra viewers that you're going to do. I could see that too. I just think maybe – He's such an eclectic and weird guy that maybe he pushed it for it to be this way. Maybe he just is getting off on seeing sort of this. I hate to call it organic buzz because they're kind of shoving it in your face. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not so subtle and it's not right. really that organic anymore. No, it's, it, it's right. really not. But at the same time, it's still not official official. And I mean he's out there putting out social media posts. Was it on Insta? It was on Instagram, right? Yeah, he, he put, put he put a, 5, he put 11, yeah zero five eleven twenty one, and that's what I mean. It's like it's 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 if he if if he's not there, and you know we he's going to be there, but if he's not there, <laughs> I mean it's I feel like it's like promotional malpractice by AEW, and they it's something that it'll why burn the trust of an audience that trusts you implicit? I mean their audience trust them. They, they, you know, there is a rare, I mean, I I talked about it last week and I talked about it a little bit behind the paywall, but I haven't seen an audience trust a professional wrestling promotion like this since the, uh, since, or be as loyal to a promotion since ECW in like 1995. I mean, that's, that's, and, and I think there's even a stronger level of trust, uh, with the AEW fans and, and that would totally destroy that. If he doesn't show up on Friday and you have him out here hinting about it on social media and what he's calling MMA fights, uh, throwing little hints, um, calling the minor league MMA. I mean, you know, and then he's partially responsible for it, too, if he doesn't if he doesn't show up. So it would just be an outright disaster. So he's going to be there. It's just so interesting that I mean, it just flies in the face of the way you're supposed to promote pro wrestling, you know, where you you don't even. officially let alone advertise the guy you never even say his name on the air not one time i mean it's crazy and if they opened up 500 more seats today they'd sell them and i'm, I'm sure I think they did gonna... did they they did uh what what they do today i think they did 300 today every time they open up seats, yeah let me, let me make sure I'll, I'll do uh so, I'll, I'll take what uh we'll see what russell ticks has to say yeah about that. i they, didn't even i didn't mean that yeah like no honestly literally like maybe an hour ago they said they opened up uh i think it was 300 tickets let me let me see the exact uh verbiage there like, to make sure so uh obstructed view or you know they just cram them in there you know um well let me throw this to you while you're looking that up 
is there any part of you that thinks the the rating could be disappointing? Because remember when he popped up on that FS1 W whatever that show was called. Yeah, I don't even remember what the fuck backstage was it called backstage? Maybe, I honestly yeah, don't even remember what it was called. That's how bad and irrelevant it was. So with the dopey surface level analysis, yeah. and I mean, he was the edgiest person on the show, and he barely—I mean—and he didn't even, you know, three hundred was, was the number of additional tickets uh, opened up. That was at five forty-five p.m. So no, no yeah. updates yet of if those are sold. But well, uh, you know, we're uh, we, we're we're live, you know, bare, less than two hours from that. Um, point in time so so who knows but uh but they will sell but uh yes anyway he didn't pop massive numbers for that show i think the first week went up i could have poor memory on this but we talked about it at the time didn't the first week go up marginally and then after that he didn't make any difference whatsoever uh yes yeah that's exactly yeah it was it was the first week and there was i think it was a couple weeks that whenever he was on it would do pretty well because he wasn't on every single week Right, but yeah, it was something where like the first week obviously did well, the second time he was on did okay, and then by like the third time it was completely it just total diminishing yeah, it just returns. Did, did not matter whatsoever. Now, admittedly, the dynamic is completely different. Okay, because he wasn't coming back to wrestle, and everybody understood that, you know. And once they saw he wasn't going to have these fiery hot takes that were going to burn the building down, nobody cared anymore. So I understand the dynamic is different, and in this case. He's not just coming back to wrestle, but as we've discussed before, this is kind of like uh, the person who started this movement coming home, even though he's never been there before. Uh, there's just a symbolism to him coming to AEW since really, you know, the, the movement that led to AEW being created began in 2011 with CM Punk. So this is like, the big get this is uh you know this is the guy so it's a completely different circumstance i understand that but is there part of you that thinks he could bust here or am i just because i am playing devil's advocate no no and and i don't think you're completely out to to lunch there because if you go back and listen to the shows that we did when he when he re-debuted at backstage uh, there, that was a pretty interesting period in his life as well because he had burned a lot of bridges at that point. Obviously, he had done the UFC run, and 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 those you know those UFC pay per views did pretty good. The first one especially did very very good. Uh, those returns obviously became diminishing as well when people realized, okay, this guy is like can't he's not really fit for this. Like he really shouldn't be doing this. And then there was all of the issues with Colt Cabana and the lawsuit and all that sort of stuff. And then there was all this stuff where you know he was calling out Cody Rhodes for texting him. Remember that whole debacle yes. and thing and, so, and, it, and there was a lot of like good and we talked about it on that show when he debuted for backstage or when he was about to debut for backstage we're saying this guy has eroded a lot of the goodwill that he has spent years building up and there's a lot of fans now who just kind of look at this guy and go hey, he's just kind of a dork like I don't really care what you say I don't really give a shit what you think I, I yada yada all that sort of stuff and, and it was clear to him anytime he was you know pro wrestling got brought up he was he was pretty you know pretty down on it and seemed to just not like pro wrestling at all anymore uh, and, and just took that backstage job just to probably pay some bills or do whatever. And and that was probably his lowest point in terms of like fan interest and all that sort of stuff. So I, I don't think it's totally unrealistic that a lot of other people have kind of said like you, you, you know, ah, you know, I don't know. Do I care about this guy that much anymore? But then I, I you know, the buzzle meter, we talk about the VOW buzzle meter and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I have gotten so many text messages, so many calls, so many emails, so many Facebook messages from friends asking me about this. I have 
five or six different people from my work who have not been to wrestling shows in years that are going to this show. I have people coming with me that haven't been to a wrestling show in years. It's just, you know, we look at this show. I mean, this show, you know, pops, you know, big numbers anytime we're talking about CM Punk. I mean, the articles we do about CM Punk are, are, are popping numbers or whatever. I think that there is this idea that, no, okay, yes, he did the backstage thing and that had diminishing returns. Yes, he did the UFC thing that had diminishing returns. But like you said, this is not a more important moment. This is a guy finally re-embracing wrestling, re-embracing the movement that he started and, and that maybe that goodwill that he had eroded over the past few years, people have kind of forgotten about that and just said, ah, fuck it. This is awesome. CM Punk's coming back. I can't wait to see what happens. So I, I, I'm with you that I don't think it's completely unrealistic that it disappoints. I just wouldn't bet on it. I, I really, truly do think that this is going to be a huge, huge moment. How about if I told you Money in the Bank 2011, which felt like it had the same palpable buzz that this has and felt like it was going to be enormous 9% increase year over year. Yeah. So it did better. Yeah. But I think everyone was disappointed. When the final, and that was the pay per view era, pre network. But I think everyone would agree that it was a disappointing outcome when when the pay per view buys were tallied up, even though it did show some growth. So, do we overrate this guy in general, in terms of does the buzz kind of outweigh the reality when it comes to CM Punk? Again, playing devil's advocate, but there's evidence out there that you know these big CM Punk moments haven't drawn the way that people maybe think that they did. Right. But again, I fall on the side of the circumstances here are different. And um, I think people, I I think people badly want to see him in this environment and they want to see him back in a ring wrestling. And there's also the unknown of what's going to occur on Friday. But I just think it's interesting to throw out the counterpoints. So, um, you know, well, let me ask you this. What would be disappointing? So what, what did last week's of, what did last week's rampage do off the top? Do you, do you remember off the top of your head? I can try to grab it if, if need be. I will pull up uh, because Brandon Thurston had a prediction. So I'll give you his prediction, okay. too. Yeah, yeah. While, while you're pulling He's up. He's a smart the, uh, guy. He's a smart guy. Uh, seven, uh, 740,000 was the. Uh, uh, rampage viewers. last yeah. week. And, and the demo was 0.3. Uh, let me see. It is loading very poorly here. <laughs> One sec. Sorry, as I'm muting. Uh, uh, da, 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 this is me. terrible audio. <laughs> Sorry. Nah, oh, these idiots don't even have the. I clicked the wrong link. These almost positive. It's point three. Dummies don't even have the, um, the demo in here. But yes, go with that. What site is that that doesn't have the demo? Ah, the rap. Tony Maglio. I know. Not have the demo. Um. All right. So. Point three one, point three one in the demo. Yeah. Thank you. Cage side seats. They kind of stink too, but that's all right. They had it. They got me this time, so good for them. So uh, Brandon's prediction for Rampage is nine hundred thousand viewers and a point three seven in the in the demo. That would be monstrous for Friday at ten p.m. But these are the expectations. This is the buzz. Sure. Yeah. People are feeling for this. I'd say a million uh, is probably too ambitious. I would think. a million be popping corks? Oh, and- yeah. <laughs> yeah. On Friday night at 9 p.m. I mean, Dynamite 10 p.m. Eastern, yeah. yeah. Dynamite hasn't done a million the last two weeks. Yeah, that is – everyone's drinking 
champagne for everybody in the arena if that's no yeah there's no it's, way I, I don't think it's topping dynamite Nine hundred thousand. that's a good one i i like that that's pretty close that's you know a lot of people are going to listen to this after the fact well, <laughs> well here's the thing we won't, won't get the ratings the rating, after though. the fact they won't know the rating after yeah the they won't yeah. know the rating that's fair but we could sound real foolish next week if if punk pops like 1.1 million and a 0.38 or something um, which I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Dude, anything is. <laughs> I have no idea. It's because it's such a weird thing that they're not announcing it's more. Anything. It'll be more than 740000 I know that. For sure. And yeah. that I have no idea otherwise what it could possibly be. It'll be somewhere between $2 million and $740,000. That, that if is he my... does – okay, if this show does 800000 and a point three two, do you think that's a, um, a disappointment? That's Yeah, that's a disappointment to me. Massive disappointment. Yeah, yeah, I would not be happy with that. You, you would, you would call that a massive disappointment. Eight hundred thousand points. I don't know if I call it a massive disappointment, but I would certainly, I, I would certainly rethink our strategy of how we did it. I, I don't know if I would say a yeah, massive disappointment because yeah. he's still got this guy. There's probably, you know, there's some residual buzz that'll probably come from it. But I would, I and would you're say probably never doing a point three two again on Friday. At 10 right, and I, I think all I would say was, man, we probably had a real big moment here to do a lot better, and we, and we have to rethink of how we did this, and and yeah. maybe you know, next time this thing happens, if it does happen again. You, you know, say the fucking guy is coming. Exactly. Let, let's do something different yeah. in the promotion this time. That, that's I wouldn't handle. I wouldn't be a massive disappointment. I wouldn't be you know destroying TV monitors or whatever. But I would certainly be. I'd be. I'd be disappointed in really rethinking our strategy if if, if that number comes in that way. Yeah, and and quite honestly, I mean that would be um, a black mark on Punk's drawing ability for sure. I mean. Again, even though they've never said his name, I think people are expecting more than that. They want to see massive growth over last week's numbers. So I think what what did they have to do to where you're like, okay, yeah, Punk made a big difference. 900,000? I think 900,000, yeah. A million is like a no-doubter. And you can't drop in the demo. Yeah, of course. You cannot, yeah. No, and th- that would be. I mean, if you drop in the demo now, I'm breaking monitors. That's a disaster. If you drop would, in the demo, that's. Would you be impressed? If it did eight hundred thousand and a point three, but the DVR viewership was astronomical, <sighs> would that sway you? I don't know. I don't know how to handle. I, I, I how inter- I wonder internally what they think. I mean, DVR, you can't. You have to. You do count DVR numbers. It's like not something you don't count. Um, oh man, I don't know. Yeah, I guess if they're ast- when you just say astronomical, you mean just like out of this world, just ridiculous. DVR unheard of DVR numbers. <laughs> well, then yeah, the sure, I'd probably be all right with it because because that means at least those people are interested enough, and presumably they will come back and they will buy stuff and they will buy all out and they will buy the pay per view and they will buy tickets next time you're coming in. Yeah, no, if they're out of this world DVR numbers, then sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the DVR numbers push it to like one point five. Yeah, oh yeah, then no doubt you're happy so, with that because then then all then what it comes down to is okay, people are out doing shit. And they didn't prioritize watching CM Punk live, but they had massive interest in seeing CM Punk when they got home from the bars or on Saturday morning, you know. So, yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun and interesting. And, and look, it's not a loaded lineup. Um, it's a good lineup for a hardcore wrestling fan because I think, you know, Moxley versus Daniel Garcia has a lot of interest if you're a hardcore wrestling <laughs> nerd. Awesome. <laughs> If you're the voice of the wrestling flagship podcast. But. Yeah, for a common viewer, that's not a big-time no. match. Um, Jade Cargill versus Kira Hogan. Again, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, it's like, oh, Kira Hogan is getting a – you know, she, she jumps from impact. and you know, yeah, But that's not a big-time match for, for a common viewer. And then you have the, you know, the tag team title tournament match, which is going to be 
an excellent match. I'm sure it's going to open the show. In fact, you know, Moxley talked about how Garcia in his promo, he said, Garcia, you want to be an AEW main eventer? I'm going to show you what that life is like. So Moxley Garcia is going on last. The tournament match is going to go on first. And this is what we talked about last week, front loading the show with the real money match, right? That's kind of what they're doing here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but punk is really the big, but really in this case, it's different too, because the draw here is punk. I mean, they probably could have gotten away with three squash matches on this show, but I don't know if you want to push your luck, right? So you do the one tournament match. Um, and you know, now I'm not, look, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that Cargill and Kira Hogan will be short. I'm not so confident Moxley and Garcia is going to be short anymore. Did you see Garcia beat Matt Seidel on dark? Uh, I did not. No, I heard, I heard about taping. it, but I did not see it. So that's like a decent singles win over, you know, a mid-card guy. And that's kind of above the level that Garcia has been pushed to this point because I think his only win was over Fuego del Sol. And then obviously he has a bunch of of losses with with 2.0. So they gave him a win over a pushed guy on either dark or dark elevation. I don't know which one it is. And that will air – well, actually, let's think this through. That's not going to air until after the um, Rampage match, right? Because Rampage is Friday. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the – honestly, I'm going tomorrow, and I have no fucking clue what's going to happen when I show up at 7 o'clock, what they're taping, what the order is, what the match is. I know nothing until 9 o'clock. I'm not sure at all. So Moxley's obviously beating Garcia, but I'm not convinced now that it's going to be a a two-and-a-half-minute squash uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not either. I, I see a lot of people saying that, and I don't. I, I think you know, with certain guys that come into the company, it's obvious that it's like, okay, these guys aren't quite ready, or you know, to kind of build them up or whatever, and 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 that's fine. Someone like a Daniel Garcia, I think the way that he approaches wrestling, the way that he, you know, he, he carries himself as a wrestler, the, the 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 obvious talent that he has, I think he's a guy that you 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 right out of the gates have him be competitive with guys. He doesn't win, you know, he's not winning titles, he's not, you know, but I think he should be competitive with John Moxley. I, I, I think given the way, because his whole aura, he's got an aura about him, you know what I mean? Some wrestlers come in and it's just like, hey, here's this guy, and obviously you can build up that aura in them, you can build them up with a push and that sort of stuff, but there's something about a Daniel Garcia that if he goes in there and just gets punked out in a minute, like, you know, doesn't that lose a lot of the the, the aura, the ambiance of, of, of a Daniel Garcia? Like, he, yeah. he needs and, and, to be competitive in matches, and that's fine, like, yeah, certain wrestlers and, are that way. He, yeah, and the ma- the win over Seidel actually aired today. Okay, so it aired before the Moxley match. So um, I'm looking at the match times for last week's Rampage: fifteen minute, fifteen minute and thirty second opener, the title match, two minute squash, and an eleven minute main event. So if we're just looking at that, okay, Cargill and Hogan is going short. Because I don't think I think they're afraid to let Carkill go long, so. Oh, that's yeah, that's under five. That's sub five in my mind. I think she's either squashing her, or I guess there's an outside possibility because they're the way the promo was presented last night that that Kira Hogan could get like a banana peel win, schoolboy, inside cradle, that kind of deal. But I don't think they're going to beat Carkill yet. No matter what they do, it's going to be the Miro slot, and it's going to be short. So. Obviously, the tag match is going to get about the same amount of time that the Omega Cage match got in the open spot, which leaves, you know, depending how much time you give whatever Punk is going to do, right? 
you know, the main event last week was 10 and a half minutes. So can they, can Moxley and Garcia go that long? That might be pushing it, right? Mm, I don't know. See, I, I honestly don't know. And I, I think, I, I don't have an issue if it goes 10 minutes. I, I really don't. I, I, I think with somebody like a Garcia, you, 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 it's worth establishing that this guy is a pretty goddamn good wrestler and that he can take, you know, a, a John Moxie to his limit. No, I don't want, I mean, like, how many hope spots are you going to get? How many close, you know, 2.9 kickouts? I think there's a way to structure the match where it doesn't feel like Moxie's getting, you know, just, you know, you know, beaten by this guy who just came in. But to make Garcia look good enough, I, th- I think it's worth that for him. I, th- I honestly do. I think the way his character is, the way his approach to wrestling is, the, the aura that he has around him, I think you need to have it. I, to me, I would do a ten minute match, and I don't. Th- I think you can do that and structure that in a way that it doesn't seem like Moxley is clinging for life, but it also it appears that De Garcia is at least challenging him a little bit, or at least brought a lot to the table, or maybe more to the table than than Moxley brought. You, you know, that Moxley thought. And I think in the promos that you've seen, Moxley is kind of, hey, you know, oh, you're a new kid, or oh, this new guy, you know, oh, you know, you want to know about the main event life. So to me, that that strikes me as the the perfect setup for the okay, this guy is a lot better than I thought he would be. You know, uh, move that we that we see uh, the the more famous one probably. You know, Kenny Omega versus Jay White is one that we bring up all the time of the all time classic. Like, guy takes a guy for granted and then almost gets caught and then kind of puts him away when he needs to. I think you can obviously do that with Garcia and, and Moxley and get away with it for ten minutes. Right, but if Punk shows up and sets up a match with Darby for All Out, this show, the rest of this show can fucking stink and it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, right? who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, then it then you know. Yeah, and that's that's you know I've had some people say, well, this card looks kind of weak, and I said like literally like half the show is going to be Punk. No doubt. Like, at least 20 minutes, probably, right? It's, he's not coming out, waving at the crowd, going, I'm here, and then dropping the mic and then leaving. Like, that's probably he'll not happening. He'll get a quarter it's, hour. He'll get a quarter hour. Yeah, he'll get a quarter hour, at least 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, depending on the fallout and all that sort of stuff. And and then, yeah, it's, a, it's you know, the rest of the show is, what, 40 minutes? With, with, you know, or, or the rest of the show is, what, 20, 30 minutes after uh, commercial time? So, yeah, there's, it's an hour show, man. You don't need to. So you can have Kira Hogan and, and, and Cargill go two, three minutes. You can have... Uh, the tag team match probably go ten minutes, and then yeah, you can have ten minutes on 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 Moxie and Garcia, and you're done and you're out. So it's fine. Yeah. I can pull that off. Who cares? When you have an hour show, one good segment's enough to carry a show. That's all it needs. You know the tag because the, there's no guarantee the tag match is going to be good because private parties involved. I was gonna say yeah, they um I don't have the utmost confidence in them anymore. I mean, I, I, obviously Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus I think are tremendous, and the, the match of the Bucks this week I, I thought was just out of this yeah, world. Yeah, but that's good, the but, Bucks. Exactly party. right, and that's my point is that like, do I have the same faith that Private Party is gonna go and have a similar match? Uh, Joe, I do not. I uh, definitely. Uh, I think not, so. you and I can get in the ring with the Bucks and have a two and a quarter star match. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so. The, the, you know, I don't know that Jurassic Express is equipped to carry private party. You, you know what I mean? But it, look, if they just go out there and just do a collection of spots and hit the spots, I think it'll be fine because the crowd's going to be amped up. And if they go out there and just do a bunch of flippy do's, uh, you know, it, don't go in there expecting the Fantastics versus the Midnight Express. <laughs> no, certainly not. Yeah. And like I said, if, they, if they're the true opener, like say Punk comes out first. And then these guys go, they literally, in, it, they need six minutes, and it's just do all your high spots, guys. The crowd's going to be yeah. going nuts. Just boom, 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 and then get out of there. Like, Well, do you think you open with Punk? Or do you think I you... think you have to. I, I think you would have to. I think if you don't open with Punk, you, you set yourself up for a lot of CM Punk chants, a lot of distracted fans, a lot of annoyed fans. I think right out of the gates you go Punk. We talked about it last week. I, I think with the Rampage, the key is that first segment, that first yeah. hour, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I also do think though that the AEW audience again they have that trust with the promotion. I don't think 
the AEW audience would shit on a Jurassic Express match, I think they'd behave themselves. Yeah, I, I could, get, I could sense the uneasiness. Yeah, I could sense yeah. an impatient uneasiness if the match goes, you know, six minutes and there's a kick out. It's like, all right, let's go, let's get to the fireworks. Hey, would they, let's would, go. They, like, would they, would they chant through Jade Carkill? I think they would. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, though, though I, the girls would get swallowed up, unfortunately. Yes, you got to do it before you put the women out there, um, especially since that is a chance to be bad. You know, because Carkill, who knows? She's such an X factor. Who knows? Um, so yeah, no, going to be, going to be interesting, but you know, um, half the people will hear this after it's already occurred. So those are always dangerous segments for us. Cause they, they really are. Yeah. It could really come back to us, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know what you should be, you should be listening live. You should be on the $10 tier. Uh, so you can hear these hot takes live and not uh, a few days later when we might be dummies or might be idiots, or we might be perfect prognosticators. And if we are, we will definitely let you know that we got it right. So. Um, that yeah. that is the beauty of it as well because people don't have the effort people don't put the effort into like we're not we're not like melt we don't have weird Meltzer accounts that like go back and they're like all right listen to what you said two weeks ago you guys were wrong so but we yeah. though have the effort where we can go back and tell you when we were right so that's um so far yeah, that's that's the know, relationship right now so it's good best of both worlds yeah absolutely yes as you said too big uh too you know not big enough to be you know that big but not uh, not you know not small enough to oh you really botched that too know, big yeah. to be small too small to there be big. you go there it is anyway yes, yes. i'm uh I'm, I'm jumping ahead here so okay let's let's so that is rampage that is the cm punk debut um as we mentioned john moxie dana garcia jade cargill kira hogan jurassic express private party tag team tournament and then the uh Cookie Monster Chick Magnet potential debut there on uh, on Rampage. I will be there live. Uh, as such, we will not be doing an instant reaction for that show. We've had people ask every day for the last three weeks. We will not be doing an instant reaction live because I will be there uh, at the arena. But potentially record something on the way home from from the event. I have no idea. Uh, we'll see how it all sets up. But uh, uh, let's let me, let's, bring, let's phrase it this way: There will not be an instant reaction live on the ten dollar tier. Bang. Will there be an instant reaction on the five dollar tier? Up in the air. Up in the air. Is that we'll fair? Say. That is very fair to say, yes. Because if we do okay. if we do instant reactions that aren't instant, you know, we kind of close. Then they're, instant, then they're $5 Then tier. they're $5 yeah. tier. We have, under no good conscience can we charge $10 or something, you know, hours after the event or the next day after the event. But uh, we can charge $5 for that for sure. We have no qualms about that whatsoever. If it's, so. a, if it's a recorded instant reaction, it's a $5 tier. It's mm-hmm. the live instant reaction that's the $10 Exactly. Tier. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there uh, with that. But uh, plenty of other stuff to get to. And uh, I guess I should. Oh, sorry. I go can, ahead. I guess I should. Th- People keep asking if I'm going to review Rampage on a weekend, week out basis once the show settles in. I still don't know. I, I have to take a look at my schedule. It's tricky with the Friday night airing. Um, the ratings don't come in until like Tuesday. You don't get the fu- you know what I mean. So I, so I, if I do it, if I have, if I wait around for the ratings, it's gonna you know it's gonna be almost time for Dynamite again. If I don't wait for the ratings, that's a big component that a lot of people like as part of the reviews. So I, I really don't know how I'm going to do rampage or whether I'm going to do it at all. So it's still up in the air. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. It, it, I, and that, that's an interesting point because the ratings I think are so important to the analysis that we do. You yeah. know, you can, you can get surface level. Here's what happened on the show. Here's my review of what happened on the show. You can get that from a thousand different places. You know what I mean? What makes, I think what you do on the Thursday TV review special is, is the level of analysis and the com- the combination of the business analysis with it as well, which I think is so important yeah. uh, to making that show what it is. And yeah, it, it, it would, it wouldn't be as fun if there was just a random, you know, 25 minute rampage recap every single Friday. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you could pull it off, but no, it, it, it we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that. But plus I want to see 
when MLW starts back up and what date are going to air. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts and things going on. So, um, unfortunately, no, I still don't have a definitive answer on that. There you go. So, uh, we have other stuff to get to, uh, in the wrestling world, but before we do that, Joe, I do want to let you know that this episode of the voices of wrestling flagship podcast is sponsored by our friends at keeps. And we've talked about keeps a, a few times here on the show, but as guys, so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair from how it feels after getting a fresh cut to the way it's perfectly styled before we go out. And that's why when we get into our twenties and we third in our thirties and we start noticing that first sign of hair loss, it starts feeling like panic time. And let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, there is Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they are 35. And the best way to prevent that hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. And now you, you know, in the past, you just have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescriptions. Or we always talk about hitting the stupid button at the at the pharmacy and having the guy, dopey guy with the keys, come over and open it up for you. Now, thanks to Keeps, though, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. Uh, they make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to the pharmacy checkout lines, the dork with the keys, and the awkward doctor visits. All that stuff is done. Uh, Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but probably not for the price that Keeps is going to give for you. And as we said, prevention is key. Keeps uh, treatments typically take between four and six months to see results, so it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you will save and find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatment start at just $10 per month. Plus, for a limited time only, you can get your first month for free. So we can do that again. First month for free. The way to do that, keeps.com slash VOW to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash VOW. Again, that's keeps.com slash VOW to get your first month of keeps for free. Joe, it is the biggest party of the summer this Saturday. I know you're having people over. It's a, it's a party this <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I'm not even watching. I don't know if I'm watching it. Wow, you're a preemptive burial. Oh my god, it's um. <laughs> There's things to look forward to here. I'm yeah, not... I mean they'll be in front of a crowd at WWE, as we saw from WrestleMania. A huge crowd. Yeah, huge crowd in 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 lovely Las Vegas at the Allegiant Stadium, or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, yeah, no, it, it that'll be that'll definitely increase everything. Um. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a loaded show. What's going to be interesting though is is a lot of restrictions in Las Vegas right now in terms of you know obviously the, the indoor mask mandate and all that sort of stuff. But that that doesn't matter that much to to a wrestling crowd. It's fine. You'll still hear noise. You'll still hear that sort of stuff. But they have also mandated like a you know at times that these shows can go. So presumably this show is only going to be three hours. Am I correct in that? That like as far as we know, there doesn't seem to be a big time slot for the show, but they have like what 11 or 12 matches on this. So I don't know There's a ton of matches. And a lot of them look like they demand a decent amount of time. Yeah. So this could be like an old school, like WrestleMania five thing where it's like, boom, boom, boom. Like Seamus, Seamus and Damian priest bell rings. Seamus does a kick. Damian kicks out. Damian does his move. He, and like, we got some two minutes in and outs here potentially. Cause edge and Seth is going to need time. Um, presumably Lashley and Goldberg, I guess would probably go short. So that doesn't need a ton of time. 
Reigns and Cena, I would imagine, need some time. And, and you know, Bianca and Sasha need some time. So that's three matches right there that definitely need time. And that's not, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff going on in the show that, that I just cannot imagine are in and out in five minutes. But I think they're going to have to be unless they really time the show out well and, and really move the entrances up. And, and, and that's going to be tough. I mean, depending on how the arena's set up. You know, WWE, they really milk those entrances for all they're worth. Everybody has to do all their moves, and the graphic has to come up, and the, the dog has to come up for Roman. You know what I mean? Like, all that thing, all those things have to happen. Uh, and that's what takes up a ton of time on these shows. So, I don't know. Maybe they just move along a lot of this, you know, standing in the ring now at this time, Jinder Mahal type things. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, sure. I'd be fine with a three-hour show. Oh, it's, fuck. Yeah, great for me. I don't care. Yeah, how, how, how long does Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal really need to go? Do we need 11 minutes of that? No. I mean, that'd be more than fine by me for a three-hour show. Um, I think you can do all of these matches in three hours. But, yeah, you know, you can't – how many matches? There's one, two, three, four, four. Five, <laughs> nine, nine. There's ten matches. Are they all on the show, though, or any of these on the pre-show? Uh, as far as I know, we don't know yet, but I'd imagine that when they time everything out and they get there on Saturday, they're... Okay, uh, here's the thing. What are we doing here? Why can't they do a pay-per-view in three hours? <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I agree. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason they can't get this done in three hours. The problem, though, yeah, so, uh, what I tell people is your music's going to hit, walk down the fucking ramp and get in the ring. Don't twirl. Don't stomp. Don't just get in the fucking ring. And that, I mean, honestly, if you go and look at the amount of time that is wasted, like go, go, go watch a, a WWE pay-per-view and skip the entrances. You will not believe how much time you save by skipping the entrances. I, See, remember- I think even if, I think even if they do the usual WWE accoutrements, okay, you can still, would it, would it kill them if somebody's matches were seven minutes? No. Yeah. If Dominic I mean- and Rey Mysterio get out and lose in seven minutes. No, that's not a problem at all. I, I'm with you. I agree. So, I mean, we've just, like, they've taught us that these pay-per-views, you know, have to be three and a half, four hours long, but they really don't have to be. But where are you getting this thing where it's a strict three-hour window? Is that a Las Vegas thing? Uh, I believe that is the case. Yeah, let me try to clarify exactly what that is. But, yeah, I, I think that there's something where they can't go beyond a certain time. Um, my, uh, fully Vegas, vac- so. my fully vaccinated uh, brother and sister-in-law went to a concert in that building and came back with COVID. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. These are two people that didn't leave the house for like, you know, these were people terrified of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't leave the house for a year. You know, finally things start to settle down. They take a vacation. They, they mask up the whole time. They go to this dopey concert in the, in the fucking, in that stadium with like 60,000 people there. And uh, they come home with COVID. So, yeah, having been to that uh, city during COVID, I can I can absolutely see how that would happen. Unfortunately, so uh, yeah. hopefully he's doing okay at least. But uh, yeah, that's, both uh, of them got it. The, the, my the, the brother in law and the sister. Yeah, so that was just it was just in the arena, just everybody in the, in the entire football I mean, stadium. We're we're under the assumption that's where they. But I mean, who sure. knows? I mean, yeah. you know. But yeah, that's a you know sixty thousand people all crammed together at a con. And, you know, this is the same kind of deal. So. Um, so are they forcing people to be vaccinated to get into this thing? Uh, now, I don't or? think they're doing forced vaccinations, but I think they are doing, doing mask masks. Mandate. Yeah, definitely masks. Yeah. I don't know. Ah, big doing. deal. Put the mask. Yeah, on. exactly. I'm with you. I'll be wearing a mask at Rampage because we have to, too. So who cares? Yeah, just put the fucking mask on. Big there deal. it is. There's Joe. <laughs> yeah, put the fucking mask on. Should sell that. We should. We had merch. We don't have merch, but that'd be a good, you know, Voices of Wrestling. Put the fucking mask on mask. That'd be, that'd be good. Yeah, so. I mean, people who don't want to wear the mask buy subscriptions, too. You know? Yeah, but right, right. You just, you know, you're going to go to the fucking SummerSlam. Just put the fucking mask on. Just put it on. 
Uh, so I can't find the official word, but I, I, I'm almost positive that there is some sort of curfew that they have to adhere to. So, um, but again, that's fine. Who cares? That that's that's just the easy way to do it. So uh, let's let's go over this card here. Um, we'll start with uh, AJ Styles and Omos versus RK Bro for the Raw Tag Team Titles. Uh, listen, I hate RK Bro. I think it's off-putting to the point where it's channel-changing material for me. I, I find the Riddle character to just be um, right up there, probably right now, top five most annoying channel-changing acts in all of pro wrestling. But there's no denying that to the WWE fan base, this shit is over. So, um, you know, more power to it then. But um, as far as predicting a winner... With traditional pro wrestling booking, RK Bro <laughs> should win. Don't but, do that. Don't do this to yourself. But yeah, you know, this is WWE. I, 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 I'm not asking for a prediction. I'm asking for analysis on, on the matches and moving on. That's is, my analysis. Yeah. RK Bro is is over with the WWE <laughs> right. audience, and I understand why they continue to push that act and present Riddle the way they present him. There I find Riddle's childlike character to be just a total eye roll and um yeah i mean i i i i don't know i almost respect you less if you find it amusing i it's just no really i do answer. yeah no i truly it's, do yeah because i i watched a little bit of raw a couple weeks ago and it was the episode where i think almost came and broke his scooter and he was like inconsolable about the scooter and i'm like just buy another scooter like, he's gone from thirty dollars He's gone from a bad caricature of a stoner to now he's like presented as childlike. Right. He's literally Bart Simpson. Yeah. For some reason. Now he's just he's just a complete buffoon. He's yeah. an idiot. He's presented as a dumb child. Whereas before he was presented as a as a bad version of a stoner, which was somewhat more tolerable. Then he became just like a stupid adult. And now he's just childlike. Like it's 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 just it's yeah. atrocious. The the the, the, the extent of the character is I like you, man. Why don't you like me? And then Randy Orton stares and he goes, "Oh man, I just want you to like me." And that's essentially it is. So the yeah, child I mean, trying to just... make a friend and the big bully on the street doesn't want to be friends with him. Honestly, WWE as at its core is all children. Like it is if you if you really want to break these characters down into literal children, you could do that with pretty much everybody that we're going to talk about here. They have. How many, well, after all the cuts, how many wrestlers <laughs> do they have under contract now? Like 150 or something? Somewhere around there, yeah. 120 of them are unlikable. <laughs> right. Like, including the baby. Like, the way these people are presented, none of them are likable. And, you know, and it's like very few of them are, are anyone that you'd want to. And, and, and a lot, like, none of them are even approaching anything like a normal, real human. And I understand it's pro wrestling, you have to be bigger than life in some ways but they're all cartoon characters and but in different ways that they were cartoon character in the 80s they were literal cartoon characters they were like uh you know in the 80s and 90s now they're cartoon characters in the sense that they're all just one-dimensional unlikable idiots everyone on the roster yeah like i don't understand how anyone forms an emotional connection to any of these characters unless they're you're all- eight unless you're eight years old but they're not eight. They're, they're, they're these people are yes, they're fifty-five-year-old people that are watching this show. Yeah, I don't even see. I don't even think that the over fifties. I think they just strictly watch out of habit, and most of them don't even like it. But 
I watch wrestling on Mondays. I've been doing so since 1990. What year did Raw debut? 93, 93, yeah. I've been watching wrestling on Mondays since 1993, and damn it, I'm going to watch it on Monday nights until I'm dead. I think that's where the over 50s – I don't think they like it. I don't think it's the wrestling, the kind of wrestling that they enjoy, but they're too old now to seek out other wrestling. I don't think they'd necessarily enjoy other wrestling anyway. So that's what I think their deal is. The people in the 18 to 49 demo that watch, for some reason, it's like they do connect with these. And I don't understand how, like, what is it about, um, uh, Liv Morgan, where you would ever form an emotional connection to this cat. Like, name another one. Just uh, anyone on this card. Um, why would you have any kind of emotional connection? Damien Priest. To, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or you know, a uh, fucking uh, Rhea Ripley or, or anyone on this rot. Like, it's just, they're just, they're one note characters with no depth whatsoever. Yeah, they're these subhuman, um, just sterile one note characters like you said they're, they're just... yeah, the Miz, John Morrison uh, the Miz has been doing the same routine for 10 years you know it's it's uh so so yeah I don't think it's you know I, I don't what are we doing let's just get rid get this all let's get this over with I can't even let's get this next match over with. <laughs> yeah I was gonna Fuck say well let's and... let's let's definitely get things back on track here with Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie <laughs> Which is uh, they have to turn down the – this is one of those things, and you tweeted about this on Monday, where in, in any other era of wrestling, when something wasn't working, eventually they would decide, okay, this isn't working. We just have to move on. We just have to do something else. They have not done that with this election. They are just – they will not deviate from this at all. They are convinced that this is good shit and this needs to be on their television, and it is dying a death, and I cannot wait to see or hear – what this arena sounds like and, and, and what buttons are going to be pressed in the back to try to make this thing salvageable. Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie on fucking SummerSlam. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's not over. None of it's over. They, they're they heavily piping in noise every Monday night for these segments. Um, it, it's, it's, it's beyond bad. I mean, we don't have to. It's putrid. You know, with the doll and everything. I don't even think we have to belabor it. No. I, I can't even figure out a way to be funny anymore. It's just... It's it's irredeemably awful. Um, it's 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 part of the fiend verse, which means it's the worst shit that's ever been done in pro wrestling. Um, and and the worst part is it's not like it's not over, but they just plow forward. There was an era in pro wrestling where if something wasn't getting over with the fans and wasn't connecting, they would drop it. It just you, or rework you, it or something. Even if they didn't outright yeah. drop it, say okay, look guys. This Something is not working, change. so we got to change this. We got to change. They are just fucking plowing ahead. You used to say with Roman Reigns, like the the, the, the Reigns train, the Reigns just, train is just gonna yep. pummel anything in its way and just destroy everything in its way. And we get this with this Alexa Bliss thing. They are just not going to deviate from the story whatsoever. No, they're just gonna keep on with this, and they're gonna tell their story. Stay fair, stay fair, Valble. And um, it, it's a Thursday night Reds game, so I, I'm, I'm multitasking. <laughs> yeah, no problem. But uh, hey, listen, one that's and a, a half rare, hour. a rare Thursday night game for the Reds, I would say, right? Thursday, it's well, like a getaway day for most most it, teams. It, it, baseball, it's typically either a day off or you play a day game a lot of the time. Yeah, so um, yeah, every now, and then, maybe two times a month, there's a Thursday night game. But um, 
yeah, but now it just it just it just we're gonna we're gonna see this through. We're gonna tell this story. And Vince McMahon wasn't always this way. I mean, if something wasn't working, it would change. You know, it's like you know Lex Luger didn't get over the way they thought he would, so they pivoted the Bret Hart. I mean, you know, it, but that's not the way it is anymore. Uh, you know, crowds have not connected with this at all. I mean, they're they're usually just staring in disbelief or maybe laughing at it or it's not getting the desired reactions, but here we are. Not only do they plow forward with it, they're giving it a prominent spot on the pay-per-view. You know, it's going to be more mystical, magical bullshit. I mean, there's a small portion of the audience that does like this stuff. Um, And I say small because it hasn't gotten over in front of any of the live crowds. So there is a a vocal portion. Is that fair? There's a vocal portion of the audience who really does like this fiendverse stuff. But, um, you know, I, for everybody else, they just either think it's embarrassingly bad, super cringe, or just dumb. Yeah, and, so, and the Eva Marie thing is just laughable too. I mean, just the idea that people were tricking themselves. No yeah, I mean, it, it, the character originally, the the one that quote unquote got over when people said it got over, was just that she was so bad in the ring that they just had her find ways to not wrestle. Remember that it was like two yes. months of her finding ways to not wrestle. Her tot fell off one time, or she would make up injuries or whatever, and everyone said, ha it's great heat. And it was like, okay, but what's the payoff? What's the end game? And the end game was she just left and left wrestling and, and went into I don't acting. Really, I, just, I, I don't understand bringing her back. Like, what purpose does she Yeah, and that's what, I'm, that's what I was going to say. So you, now she goes into acting, and then she decides she doesn't want to be in acting anymore. She has decided that, hey, acting why. is not for me anymore. Yeah. I just, you when, know. when you don't get any roles. <laughs> right. I mean, I, it, yeah. I, I, I'm so busy, but I really just want to get back into the wrestling ring. So uh, she joins, you know, they, they bring her back, and it's the same character. She just never wrestles, never wants to wrestle. She's a bully, I think. I don't know what we're supposed to think or what we're supposed to care about. It, like you said, it, it, that's going to be a, a constant thing throughout the show and a constant thing in WWE. Why do I care about Dewdrop? Why do I care about Eva Marie? Why do I care about Alexa? Why would I care about any of these people? Well, you're waiting for Dewdrop to turn on her. But in another era where it was obvious that none of this was working, I can't believe we're analyzing an angle involving, <laughs> dewdrop. A, no, involving a, a voodoo doll. doll. A voodoo doll and Dewdrop. A living, yeah. a living doll. We're analyzing this. So in another <laughs> era, they would have yeah, the jokes on us. In another era, they would have realized that none of this is working and just rushed the split. And Dewdrop would have turned on her on a B show and the feud would have been dropped. And they were then whatever they're gonna do with Dewdrop, they're gonna do with Dewdrop. But you know, and maybe that'll happen here. Maybe the plan was we're gonna do it at SummerSlam and and you know, and and now we're doing it at SummerSlam. But I mean, even Marie, I just don't understand. There's 9,000 women in NXT and all of them are pretty good. Yeah. Like what, 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 why bring back Eva Marie? What does she bring to the table? Well, she and then, brings- like people will say, and we have somebody in our chat room said, "Well, she's hot." They have, I mean, they have plenty of hot. They women. have plenty of hot people. Mandy Rose is very hot. She, you can't find her with a fucking search party right now. You know they what have I mean? Hot like, women who aren't utterly useless. Right. That's what I mean. There's I mean, some people that are a combination of pretty hot. And also kind of good, so you could just do that. I mean, that you know, like if that's the barometer, is she is hot? Like they're they're okay in that okay. department. So take all of the women in WWE who are hot, objectively hot by by fucking pop culture standards, and put them in a bucket. You got dozens now. How many of them can cut a decent promo? Eva Marie is not one of them. How many of them can wrestle an acceptable match? Eva Marie is not one of them. But you're going to have a lot of people still left in that bucket who can do one yes. or both of those things. She can do neither. She can't do either of them. She's she's she doesn't provide any use. She has of she is of no value. 
and she's not over. She's not over. She can't promo. She she's so bad in the ring that, as Rich demonstrated, they're afraid to put her in. They one. don't even let her wrestle. Okay, <laughs> that's why the Dewdrop so, character exists is to be the cover for her not wrestling. So, so if you're not over and you can't promo, and they're afraid <laughs> to wrestle. let you wrestle, and there's and there's plenty of other hot yeah, women. She's on the not that hot. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? If if there, there's and she's an attractive woman, no doubt. They have attractive women that can all handle all that other stuff as well. So yeah, it's then it's, what the fuck is the use at that point? I mean, I you know, it, it, there's not a market inefficiency on fucking hot women in that company. I mean, she's no Sophia Loren. Let's pump the brakes. <laughs> I mean, jeez. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal, but Joe, there's a caveat. <laughs> Veer and Shanky are banned from ringside. Joe, I now ask you, what is the percent chance that Veer and Shanky come out and interfere in this match? Like she's Audrey Hepburn or something with her yeah. dumb red hair. Like you, you could, she's easily replaceable even on that level. She's an attractive woman. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of them there, though. God's sakes! Now, what'd you ask me? I asked you. All right. So Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. But Joe, the caveat is Veer and Shanky are banned from ringside. So I asked you a question: What is the percent chance that Veer and Shanky still interfere in this match? Listen. Is it a hundred or is it a thousand percent? I want Shanky on my SummerSlam. Okay. <laughs> I think you're gonna get Shanky. I hope you are. I demand it. I demand some Shanky as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're getting involved in this match. I mean, they're fighting over a fucking sword and a motorcycle. That's what this is fucking. <laughs> this feud is based on <laughs> two guys with a lot of history with each other. So let's make it about a sword. Yep. They were in a, a, in a stable together for years and years and years, and Drew McIntyre left the stable and, and, and went on to bigger and better things, and Ginger's been, you know, kind of struggling to get back on top, so yeah, let's have swords. <laughs> yeah. Custom motorcycles and the vehicle stuff, man. It was, it's so weird. I hope yeah. we get Shanky. Yeah, I just want some Shanky here. All right, let's uh, move on here. Uh, Sheamus versus Damian Priest for the United States Championship, Joe. Sheamus is the champion. He's going to be facing Damian Priest, who is not the champion. Does Damian Priest leave SummerSlam as the champion, Joe? Has he called him fella yet in a promo? <laughs> I, yes. He, I, I, I haven't watched in weeks, but yes, he has. Yes, he has. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Who the fuck knows? Who <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> SmackDown Women's Championship, uh, there was unforeseen circumstances with both these women, but the unforeseen circumstances have apparently cleared up because uh, Bianca Belair will face Sasha Banks at SummerSlam to defend the SmackDown Women's title. All right. Good match. Should, should be a good nice, match. Nice little match. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think we're further enough removed from it where I could be honest. I think the WrestleMania match was a little overrated. A little overrated, Rich. Very good match. It's in my notebook. But match of the year, a lot of people throwing it. No, it wasn't even close to a match of the year. It was a nice little four-star match they had at WrestleMania. And um, honestly, I think if uh, if everything falls into place, they can do better. I mean, I don't know how much time they're going to get. You know, like we just talked about, they got a million matches here to squeeze into a potentially three-hour window. So who knows? But, uh, but yeah, this is one of the matches on the show that um, I'd be most interested in. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by it as well. And I do think there's a, a, a very strong possibility that Sasha Banks wins this match as well. Uh, it becomes the, the, the new champion. And, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Belair thing, I th you know, we, we talked about it at the time. Like, yeah, she's, you know, really, really good. But, you know, people were anointing her as the next superstar that's going to lead this company into a new boom period. And, you know, we told people to pump the brakes a little bit on that. And I think we, we've, we've definitely seen over the last four or five months that uh, we were probably on the right side of history. Not that, like, you know, there's no reason not to get behind Bel Air because she has everything you really need. But it's just this company. We told them, you know arm's length with this company and with, with pushes with, the, with this company. So uh, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see. I, I am. Bianca I'm Belair does not feel like a hot champion. No, no, definitely. I mean, when you compare what she was that night after WrestleMania to what she is yeah. now, no, I mean, we it's, got it's, that one right. yeah, it's ice cold. Yeah. It, it, it's absolutely ice cold from there. But uh, and they tried to put her on SmackDown at, at that concert. What was the, uh, Oh, Rolling Loud, Rolling Loud. They tried to put her on Rolling Loud and they put the Carmella match on Rolling Loud. And, and I think that was a good idea because they thought maybe she connect with some, uh, you know the younger clientele of that uh, of that uh, festival, Rich, but nobody cared. That Rolling Loud was an embarrassment. Oh my I god, mean, that was like the most obvious. Like you are so like just nobody gives a shit about you your product no whatsoever. Yeah, you have nothing, and None. people lie to it, themselves. Oh, this is a huge opportunity for WWE to. Well, I, well that's not that's not incorrect. No, but, it is, but like you also need those fans not to think you're the drizzling shits and think you're boring yes. as fuck, and that. Right. All that happened is they came out there and people looked at like, what the fuck is this shit? Get the shit off my, you know, get out of here. Let's go. I want little yeah. Uzi Vert to come back out or whatever, whoever was on that concert. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty embarrassing. But uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting match. But like you said, the, the issue with a lot of these matches is I, I this is probably going to be nine minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and, and there's you can still have really good matches in nine minutes, but I think a lot of stuff is going to be rushed on the show. And I think this one it feels like one that might be a victim of circumstance where it needs a, a, a pretty decent amount of time, but might not get that decent amount of time. So, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Uh, Edge versus Seth Rollins. This is a match that I'm sure we'll get a lot of time. Um, I have zero interest in this whatsoever. I'm sure there is a segment of fans that are interested in this, uh, but it ain't me. That's all I can tell you there. So what match are we talking about? Now? Uh, this is Edge versus Seth Rollins. Oh God! Yeah, no. This is uh, this is unfortunately going to go twenty yeah. minutes. Yeah, minimum, yeah. minimum. Now Seth is a good example of someone who, like, technically he's a fine wrestler, right? How can anyone give a fuck about Seth Rollins? I know. Like, so how I, I went back and watched. I was uh, for the SummerSlam Scrambler on Patreon.com/slash Voices Wrestling. I was going back and watching the 2015 SummerSlam with Seth Rollins when he was a part of the Authority. And it's like amazing. He comes out and the crowds just loves him and they're yelling and he cuts these good promos. And I'm like, oh, right. He was like, there was like, he was over for a while and like people were interested in him for a while. But now it's like jump forward to 2021 and dude, who could possibly give a fuck about this guy? Yeah, no. I, Seth Rollins is, uh, he's just impossible to care about. And this is another gimmick where it's so off-putting. It gets, at least in it, for me, the wrong kind of heat. Um, yeah, and Edge, I mean, I don't know. Now Edge slowly cascades down the card is what happens here because mm -hmm. he, he never – he couldn't move the needle. and uh, <laughs> So, you know, edge. I don't know. <laughs> the Edge return. <laughs> yeah, I mean – Better thing. Yeah. I like the guy. I mean, I mean, this match has has serious like uh, NXT 
oh, um, like at, dramatic potential. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. They're going to do like 10 yeah. kickouts and grab their hair and stuff. And no, I mean, like Cut promos on each other. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It just, yeah, I look at the match and I, I'm exhausted just looking at the fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Um, we have a match that I know you're going to care about here. SmackDown Tag Team Titles. The Usos, who are uh, cousins of Roman Reigns, uh, both Jimmy and Jay, who are cousins of Roman Reigns, versus Rey Mysterio and his son, Dominic. Correction, Rich. I will never care about Dominic. <laughs> never. Ever. Big Dom. Big moment for Big Dom. Is he doing it? Is he going to recapture never. the SmackDown Tag Team Titles? I will never care about Angelo Mosca Jr. I will never care... About uh, George Goulas. I will never care about uh, David Flair. I will never care. That, you know, no. He's the latest in the long line. Uh, Eric Watts. I will never care oh, about Oh, you weren't a Watts. Techno Team 2000 guy? And um, no, no. Can't say I will. Whatever happened to Chad Fortune? Yeah, I know. Everybody always talks about Eric Watts, but nobody talks shit about Chad Fortune ever. So <laughs> Yeah, he just, I don't know. He just, uh, oh, you, you know, know. Actually, I have a fun story. I, let me just make sure. You don't have a chat fortune. Story. I do. I do. Yes. Oh, my boss. Yeah, my boss knows. Nobody him. has a chat. No, my boss knows him. Yeah, for sure. He knows chat. When, when I first started, and he he found out that I did a wrestling site, he comes up to me like my first or second day, and he goes, "Chad Fortune." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Do you know who Chad Fortune is?" And I was like, "Yeah." Like, yeah, it's my buddy. I fly planes with him sometimes. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and he walked away, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "I gotta follow up on this." Yeah, he flies planes. He flies with him. planes with yes. him, like literally pilots yes. a plane. Yes. So you know, those, you know, people who fly planes are psychopaths. Absolutely. I always felt that. Absolutely. Like, unless you're a, like an airline pilot, or you know, like people who fly planes for fun, I don't understand. I can't my I can't wrap my mind around that. Yeah, but apparently he yeah he 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 got into monster trucks for a while, and then he also does planes and he's like i guess he lives in this area he lives around the chicago landry at least he did for a while so uh that's how he got to know my 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 boss but yeah i remember the weirdest conversation i ever had with my boss you know two days into my job is him asking me if i knew who chad fortune was they also asked me who vic capri was too because he used to work at that at my job too so you know vic capri yeah indie indie legend vic capri yeah midwest indie legend Mm -hmm. vic Vic capri at least nine or ten different retirements at this point yeah he's a yeah Legend in quotes like Dominic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, in this um, area, he's a legend in this area. I don't know. I don't know anywhere else. But uh, Chicagoans would, would know Vic Capri as, as a legend, I would say. But uh, yeah, every every so often, I'll, I'll pop up an old catalog, and there's old uh, Vic Capri <laughs> sitting on all of our equipment. So all right, yeah. Um, these people that fly the plane, they're gonna get you fly a plane for fun recreationally. You're gonna end up wrapped around a tree like Thurman Munson. Yeah, I mean absolutely. that's your fate. I mm-hmm. mean you just you know. Get the nurse out here scaling mountains. Don't understand that. Yeah, you couldn't, couldn't find me doing any of that shit. I'm standing on the ground, for no. sure. Yeah, two feet on the ground. <laughs> no planes, no skydiving, no climbing. No. I'm, I'm Risk averse. Ground. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, that, that, that was the Chad Fortune story I had, so. I was told to bring him out. I want to talk to Chad Fortune. I mean, that's... Do you think Chad Fortune wants to talk about his days as Travis? Not a chance. With some dope <laughs> that works for his friend. <laughs> There's not a chance he wants to discuss <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chad Ford. Let's talk about WCW Saturday night in 1997. Yeah, I'm sure he just cannot wait. Salivating at the, the thought of, of having to discuss Chad Fortune with, uh, uh, with me, an idiot. So, anyway. 
Uh, Raw Women's Championship. Speaking of completely unrelatable characters that nobody could possibly care about, Nikki A.S.H., the champion defending the title against Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. That's a solid, well-booked feud. Logical, makes sense. All the right decisions. You could still yeah, get... Pl- I, no- I should know. You could still get plus 250 on Charlotte. <laughs> Listen, those are hard odds to, uh, to ignore. <laughs> just letting people know. There's no my bookie ad this week, but I'm just letting you know. Promo code voices if you want to jump in there. Plus 250 on Charlotte. That's it. Yeah. Just I mean, saying. Worth a flyer. Worth a small play, as they say. I wouldn't put the heavy lumber on it, but uh small play, why not? Charlotte Flair, always a threat to win. Um Yeah, it's a terrible feud. <laughs> Nikki's a terrible character that, that yeah, is getting tremendous booze everywhere she goes, which is great. It stinks. It all just stinks yeah. and, and She's, trying really hard and it's it's such a stupid character when in wrestling history has this person tries hard nobody wants to watch that nobody cares what you watch for i mean there's something in i mean okay but no you're watching like you said larger than life people larger than life super you want people that are the biggest badasses the the best at this the best who wants a i'm gonna try my hardest and i won't always succeed but gosh darn i'm gonna try well, at a certain level, you can get behind a character like that, I think. Um, yeah, which ones? When they're presented as a literal superhero, though, I, I don't know. <laughs> it really hurts, know. yeah. Um, I don't know, like a Mikey Whipwreck, that kind of character. Or a, uh, he was just a guy that got the shit beat out of him relentlessly. <laughs> yeah, that's a, maybe a little different. <laughs> Mikey, that, that ruled, by the way. Yeah, Mikey was just yeah, like, I don't want to be nah, in this yeah, match. That, I'm going to die, and then he would die, and then he'd somehow win, so... How about Tomohiro Ishii? He's a guy who tries really hard. Are you comparing Nikki A.S.H. to fucking Tomohiro Ishii? I'm just, I'm just making sure. I'm just saying. <laughs> just making sure that's what you want to go with. That's okay. the essence of his character okay. is that he tries really hard, right? He might not be. If he's Tomohiro not... Ishii cut promos like this. Yeah, and wore a cape. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> the cape is, is, is yeah. Uh, he is a very depressed man, though. You're, you're right. There is the famous, you know, screenshot of uh, "I don't care what you yeah. write about me." You know, like I'm a sad man. Yeah. Say whatever you want. Yeah. Down. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, okay. All right. All right. He look. He's not unlike Bianca Belair. He's not the EST at anything, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's not true. He might be the toughest, right? And the Ishii. coolest. And the coolest. We're gonna talk about him. We're, we got to carve about an hour to talk about Ishii here in a little bit because I cannot wait. Yeah. Let's, let's, well, get this this. Yeah, let's get through this shit. Let's get through this shit so we can talk about, about stuff that I want to talk about. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Bill Goldberg for the WWE Championship. Joe, uh, my bookie has the over-under on Spears in the match. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Over two and a half Spears, minus 200. Under two and a half Spears, plus 250. Or plus 150, over. pardon. Plus 150. I want the over. The over? Minus 200? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, there's for gonna be sure. Three, there's oh, going to be three sure. spears. Yeah, so. I take the over. You know what? Hold on a minute. Let's <laughs> make some money here. One minute. <laughs> We're just going to make a play live on the air. <laughs> I think I have to, yeah. right? What do I got? In my book, I got uh, 25 bucks. All right, let's, we got a little bit to play with here. All right. Go on. <laughs> talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, hey. So Rich is making a bet live on the air? Yeah, I think so. Over two and a half spears. Definitely over two and a half spears for sure. But they have to connect. They have to be a successful spear. Yeah, I think I think we're fine. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna should I parlay that with the uh, the plus two fifty on Charlotte? Mm, they gonna let you do a wrestling parlay? Well, let's see. 
I let me let me just put put this put it to you this way. I am severely limited as to what I'm allowed to do on my bookie with wrestling bets now. <laughs> they have decided that. Don't yeah, you've like you know flagged. why. Yeah, you've been yeah, flagged. Yeah. Yes, I've been flagged. I am severely limited as to what I can do. <laughs> well, you were doing full show parlays for a while there, right? Like No, no, no. I was just Oh, you're putting yeah, you're putting Yeah, just yeah, just that, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I was doing. Yeah. More than $20. More than $20. Being deposited, I, yes. And now I am severely limited in what I can do. Um with my so it's not, like, not even worth my time. They've got me capped. Um, do they have you capped? Nah, doesn't look like it. You put the whole twenty five on that. Uh yes. You're- Although, so I said so the the over two the over two point five spears is minus two hundred. Like I said, the under two point five is plus one fifty. So I don't know if that's a good. Is, is that a decent bet then to even make? Ten Wait, to win five. Minus. Ten to win five. I guess it's a five free five bucks, right? You're betting ten dollars to win five bucks on yeah. the over three. Well, listen, uh, you know, if it if it makes you if it's gonna make it interesting for you to have that. It uh, is. All right, let's do that. And I will. I will. On the other hand, win thirty two dollars if Charlotte Flair wins the uh, Raw Women's Championship. So let's lock it All in right. there. All right, there we go. All right. So, what did you bet on? How? What was your total wager on Charlotte Flair? Uh, ten bucks. Ten bucks on both. Oh, you made two ten dollar bets. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm capped at twenty dollars now. <laughs> I wasn't for a long time, <laughs> but I don't know if that's just me or if they, if that's everyone now. I, I don't yeah, know the answer right. to that. Um, Bets accepted, Joe. Summer Slam, the biggest party of the summer. Rich is in. Let's go. Drinks on me, as long as the drinks oh. are under $10. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am not, not winning a drinks. lot. Yeah, not to uh, maybe one drink and only domestic beers. Maybe a soft can. drink. Yeah. Right, Rich. Maybe. maybe a bucket. Buy a bucket for the the crew <laughs> bucket of bud lights yeah wait this is fucked up yeah it's fucked up yeah never mind it won't accept my uh my charlotte flair one yeah, really it won't accept a ten dollar bet on no i don't know why Cowards. why i don't not sure it's terrible radio just go get <laughs> just call it just talk Sounds like you're capped too. I think I might be. Yeah, they must have gotten something on me. Let's. You see got here. the old heat by association. I. Think. I might have. Yeah. Let's. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see. Du, 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 du. <laughs> All right. Bet except we're good. We're good on both now. All right. Oh, you got him in. All right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I was gonna say ten dollars. That's. You know. Feels like I should be able to do that. Uh, Lashley versus Goldberg. Does uh, Lashley beat? Uh, or does Goldberg beat Lashley here? Or what? No, no. Lashley will win this. Yeah, I think Lashley. so too. Yeah. All right. I think. I think Bill. Is just coming in for this one, and that'll be the end of Bill for a while. What, what is the percent chance in your mind that Goldberg wins? Ten percent. Ten percent. Wow. Okay. Ten percent. You don't think Big Bill does a build to to Mania? No, it's not the time to beat Lashley. I agree. I, I'm with you. So <laughs> they'll definitely do it now for sure. So you can you, <laughs> you can, can put that to in. the bank. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you have any my bookie free play, definitely put it on Bobby Lashley. Whatever your limit is, put it on. <laughs> Bill Goldberg. <laughs> Big Bill, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then your main events, Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Same question for you, Joe. Present chance that John Cena walks away with the title. No, he's not winning, but this is this is a well-built match, I think. It feels hot. Yeah, no, this is good. This is this is something oh. we're checking out. I think it's going to be pretty damn good. Um, I'm interested in it. I, I, I definitely interested in how it plays out, what Cena looks like. I mean, of all these matches that we've kind of quickly ran over... Uh, I'm definitely, definitely, definitely interested in this match. Like, I, I, I want to watch this match. I, I, I want to see what happens, and, and I will definitely watch it. But uh, yeah, these other ones, yeah, you know, 
so so, but that that is certainly one that I, I have to go out of my way to watch because uh, I think it's been well built and I think it's been pretty solid. So I think they've done a a good job with it, uh, building it. So you know, um, and it'll it's going to be in front of a huge crowd and. Uh, yeah, I mean, did we skip over Heart Foundation versus Brain Busters? We did, yes. Oh, sorry, that is the opener. Yeah, Heart Foundation versus the Brain Busters. Looking forward to that. SummerSlam. <laughs> right. SummerSlam. Zeus, yeah, the, the match, the movie. You didn't draw that one in your little randomizer, did you? Um, Red Rooster versus Mr. Perfect. No, but oh, eh, don't don't worry. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but a match that you just mentioned may have, may, may have popped up. You only mentioned two matches, wow. so it's not too hard to figure out. Yes. It did pop up, so I thought you only got one off each show. I didn't know you could. No, no, no. I did. I did. I did multiple. Multiple is okay. Oh, okay. All right. Five dollar tier. Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. Patreon. Yeah, we're having we, a good month. We're having a good month. We are. We yeah, have a, a lot of a lot of good content here. We have a good month next month. All out. Uh, G one daily coverage returns next month. Now I think I'm going to be breaking down Tomo uh, Tomoaki Hanma versus uh, <laughs> Gato versus <laughs> right. Tenzan matches or something. But <laughs> yeah, um, no one, everyone's got COVID and no one's in the country. But other than that, it's it should be all right. So yeah, it should be a great tournament. Otherwise, but uh, <laughs> half the roster is in Los Angeles and the uh, other half has COVID. But uh, yeah, and no no Minoru Suzuki now and. You got guys injured. You got, I don't know what they're going to do. You got Master Heater Jada, though, in his stick. So, I mean. Well, listen. Did you see Tom Tonga Club shooting a shot? Did you see that on Twitter? Did he really? He said, yeah, let me find the tweet. It's great. <laughs> oh, man. Wasn't this the same guy a couple years ago who was like, I don't want to be in the G1 anyway? Yeah. Remember? He, uh, it, like, yeah. Quote, put me in the hashtag G131 and take off the chains. Ugh. <laughs> I could smell the desperation in this guy. He, remember, he he was in it for like three years in a row or whatever, and then that one year he wasn't in it, and he pouted on mm-hmm. Twitter. Like he tried to do the whole, well, I didn't want to be in it anyway. <laughs> right, the classic, I don't want it anyway. I they asked me, we made fun of that. We made fun of him for like a half an hour. The, well, right. oh, I, I didn't really even, I have other things to worry about this summer anyway. I didn't even want to be in the G1. <laughs> like, okay, all right. Fine. Yeah. I'm not mad, you're mad. <laughs> like, okay, all right. It'll be a hot time of summer. It's going to be a hot time of summer. I don't need to be in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, the fuck now is that one year where he wore compression pads the whole time and had bad matches? I wouldn't have invited him back either. <laughs> the compression pad. <laughs> Remember that shit? He got roasted so bad. Bike shorts, all fucking. It was like it. the long. He was wearing like yoga pant, like the long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone found them like on a workout site. Like they. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know. Yeah, you, got Ch- you got Chase Owens and Jado to look yeah. forward to. So hey, you know what? Five dollars tier, Patreon.com. Bullet Club's gonna explode. You're gonna get you're gonna get Chase Owens versus Ujiro at some point in that tournament. <laughs> this Bullet Club explodes. Um ah, hopefully they can piece it together. Yeah. All right. Let's um, let's, we'll see. let's move on to a takeover here, because that is also happening yeah. this weekend. Uh Buzzle Meter off the charts for takeover thirty six, I can tell you that. Uh Triple H, as we said, did not do a media call uh before takeover the first time in I mean, since takeovers began, right? Like, I, I was doing research. I, I did an NXT series on uh, uh, Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling in, in April. And as far as I can tell, as long as there's been an NXT monthly special thing, he's done these calls. Back from the first one to Arrival to, to all that, he's done them. Uh, this one, he was busy today. So. Oh, well, yeah, he's got a lot going on. He's a busy guy. <laughs> so, he's got a lot. Just, yeah, uh, yeah. New Motorhead know. album out. You know, he's, yeah. I don't think that's true. Um 
you know, yeah, he's got a lot of kids, you know, school starting. Yeah, Aurora. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what their kids' he's names gonna, are. Yeah, There's like weirdos that know people's names. I think Aurora is one of their names, but I don't, I don't care about the other ones. So. Yeah, he's got to bring his kids to school, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Help them with their homework. There's a lot going on in his life, you know, so. You know, I, I can't, but, you know, he's just taking one off. He's just taking one. It has nothing to do with, you know, the, the, the things that are going on with NXT. I mean, surely he's just got a lot on his plate. So I think we should give Huntor a break here. <laughs> give Paul give for, Paul a break. Yeah. For skipping out on this. But, uh, yeah, things are uh, things are not good in the NXT territory. <laughs> this could be the final, the final fucking stand. With uh, NXTs, this and might with, be it. Uh, takeovers as we know them, right? Yeah, like, I was gonna uh, say this. This, this, if, if anything, it's a fun card on paper, but it it might be the last one. I think there was a report coming out that as of this recording that we're talking here, that like twenty or thirty contracts got given to people at this Las Vegas tryout today. And I don't know if you saw the tryouts, but everybody was just like six foot six monster men. Like I don't uh... wait. Is this? I was busy today. Is this true? I think that is true. Yeah, let me let me, let me confirm uh, who I saw. So they, that shot, from. they signed a shit ton of like street people. I don't know if they signed them, but they definitely offered contracts. Is what? Uh, oh, okay, okay. Is what people were saying. So just like non wrestlers, like street people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. College football players, shit like that. Uh, Wrestling Inc. says that the WWE tryouts today in Las Vegas, Triple H said 13 to 16 contracts were offered. Hmm. All right. And if you saw the guys, they uh, they didn't look like Alex Zane, I'll tell you that. So uh, They were closer to almost than they were to Alex Zane. So, uh, new era. New era. Definitely a new era. So this this could be it. Yeah, this could be the last of these takeovers. You know, Takeover 36 could be the last one. Adam Cole has tweeted out, end of an era. Uh, I don't know. He could just probably stoke in the flames here a little bit. But uh, we'll start with him. He's in the main event, presumably here. Uh, two out of three falls. I don't know if it's actually uh, probably the main event. I, I'd imagine that it, it goes over Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe. But two out of three falls. First fall, traditional wrestling. Second fall, a street fight. And only if necessary, Joe, the third fall will be a steel cage match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole from the uh, Capital Wrestling Center. Yeah, didn't uh, Kyle O'Reilly pick a wrestling match for yep. one of his mm-hmm. uh, stipulations here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'll be egregiously long, and I'm going to just have set my expectations low. I'm going to set my expectations to this. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's honestly probably a good idea because I think this card looks pretty fun on paper. I'm just going to go in saying, you know what, whatever. Who yeah. cares? Whatever. And I think if I go in with those expectations, I'll probably enjoy it. In this match, I'm going to go, eh, whatever. And when it's 45 minutes, Adam Cole does a Panama Sunrise, and Kyle Riley kicks out, and he grabs his hair. And Vic Joseph goes, what does he have to do? <laughs> and Beth Phoenix goes, oh, my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> like, we just have to, yeah. you know, it's fine. It's just That's a it good is. Beth Phoenix. It's just, it is Beth what it is. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's unconscionable. How is he still kicking out? <laughs> it's just yeah, like, okay. even though he does that every match. <laughs> right. <laughs> You should expect it now. Right. Yeah. Um, now, look, there's talk that there's going to be more cuts. And there's talk that a lot of people have contracts come and do and, and they want out. So, yeah, this really could be the last of, uh, of, of these kind of takeovers as we kind of pivot back to true developmental. So uh, we'll see. You have maybe a lot of Odyssey Jones in your future, Rich. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't hate it, to be honest. So. 
No, we I talked mean, about it last week. That's fine with me. I don't care. Are you really enjoying NXT? No, God, I mean, no, no. I might actually enjoy it a little bit better if it's just street dudes trying to figure things out. Like I, I, I don't enjoy anything about NXT right now, so I'm, I'm willing to give it a try if it's if it's truly that. Yeah, no problem. Because of the production and the way they book, uh, and and the way it's just presented and the commentary, and it's like impossible to enjoy. Right. There's a few acts I'll miss. You know, depending on what happens with them, but I think a few of them could survive. Like MSK is definitely to me the highlight every single week when I watch NXT. Those yeah. guys are great. Those guys, and they have been so much better in WWE than they were ever on the Indies. And yeah, that that I would miss them if they got cut. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers that I I Walter, much... Roderick Strong, Ilya. Pete Dunn. I mean, there's a few, but well, I, but I'd rather see all of these people somewhere else. Exactly right. Every one of them. Yeah, maybe MSK. I'd be fine if they stayed in WWE because they're probably better there than they were anywhere else. But yeah, but th- these other like these veterans. No, I'd every every see. other one. Every Roger Strong, Walter, Dragonoff, Dunn, Bates. Yeah, hundred percent better elsewhere for sure. Anywhere else? Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly. Hmm. You, Kushida. You, you can keep Adam Cole if you want. I don't really care that much about this. Uh, I think Adam Cole, I think if you get him into AEW, first of all, he's going to be over as fuck. And second of all, I think Adam Cole in a situation where he's working 12-minute TV matches versus 48-minute takeover main events, um, you know, I, is a better scenario, at least for what I want to see. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Let's go through the card. There it is. So Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, two out of three falls, as we said. Traditional wrestling, yeah. street fight, and then a steel cage My match, only if wrong. necessary. I expect this to be overindulgent bullshit <laughs> and with all the screaming, and, and I'm going to try to allow it to exceed my expectations. But am I looking forward to it? Oh, God, absolutely not. Probably not, yeah. Uh, NXT Championship here, Karrion Cross defending the title against Samoa Joe. I'll ask you the same question I asked for, for Bill Goldberg and John Cena. Percent chance that big Samoa Joe walks away with this title. Okay, well, I don't think this is impossible because it's obvious Karrion Cross is going nowhere on the main roster, right? Correct. He's, a, he's an older guy. They have already booked him poorly. <laughs> he kind of stinks. Booked, <laughs> he's not very good. They've already booked him like just another guy. Um, I don't know if Samoa Joe winning is the worst move here. That's what the fans want. Make the fans happy. You're right. Give him the Joe win. I'm with you. Yeah, no, I was going to come. That was going to be kind of my hot take is that if I'm booking this, I just go, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, Joe, get the title. Win. You know, and he can lose it next week on, on, on NXT TV. He can lose it in a week or a month or, or something like that. He doesn't have to have, you know, we're not talking six months Samoa Joe title reign, but I don't think it's silly to, to have him win this. I really don't. I mean, the, the, given what you've you've already nuked, I mean, Karen Cross is already on fire and nuked and just destroyed anyway, so why not just go scorched earth at this point? I don't think they will, but, I, I mean, especially, yeah, like you said, you don't know what the future holds for the brand anyway. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it'd be the worst idea at this point. I wouldn't have said that a couple of years ago, but um, well, a couple of years ago, Joe was there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know the story here. Traditional wrestling booking, I think Joe wins, but because it's like this weird pseudo developmental cross is getting the has gotten a monster push, but now he's like not getting it. It's it's such a weird 
it, all of it just feels weird. Yeah, it, 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 this will be a fascinating match just to see how it's booked and how Karrion Cross comes across and all that sort of stuff. I mean, NXT did a perfect. I mean, whatever I think of Karrion Cross, whatever you think of Karrion Cross, I think they did a perfect job with him for the first year or whatever that he was built up. I mean, they built him up as a monster. He won all of his matches. He beat everybody on the brand. He did all that sort of stuff. But the second he went to the main roster and they just made him a guy and he was just a dork and he just lost to Jeff Hardy and did, it's all the air has gotten sucked out of it. And now you can't possibly care less about this guy. So, yeah, I, I'm – fuck it. Go a lot. It, go nuts. Samojo, champion, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? You know, you, you've already ruined it, so who knows? Because if, the, if NXT is going back to building for the main roster and they already know on the main roster they don't like this guy, then what's the difference? Then why can't you beat him? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it'd be interesting. So, uh, million-dollar championship here, LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. Joe, if Grimes loses – Ted DiBiase must become his butler. He must become L.A. Knight's butler. L.A. Knight's butler. Oh, yeah. my God, the hilarity. Um, the hilarity that will ensue, Joe. Grimes Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man, will be the butler for L.A. Knight. I know you're clutching uh, yeah. your stomach laughing so hard with the, the, the just the hilarity that will ensue with this. But... Oh, I know. It's going to be so funny. It's going to happen, obviously. Yes. But um, Grimes is another one where he's he's definitely over for sure. It's too silly for me. I I can't get into it. Um, and as a result, you know, this feud and this story really doesn't do anything for me. But it's the kind of thing where, like RK Bro, I have to concede that Grimes is truly owning it, and it is over. Yeah, it's not for me, but it it, it it's good. It's too silly for me. I I it's yeah. It's you know the whole dumb southerner like goofball I, I i just it's not for me but um it's it's definitely something that has gone over yeah uh nxt women's title here raquel gonzalez defending the title against dakota kai obviously dakota kai turns on raquel gonzalez uh, yeah. now she gets this title shot here uh, i would assume that she just gets beaten here uh maybe pretty definitively uh, as i don't think that they're done with raquel just yet i think that they see especially if there's a new edict in, in developmental. We don't know what that applies to the women or anything like that, but you could see someone like Raquel Gonzalez that that company top down probably thinks that there's a lot of money in her. I don't know if they think that there's money in Dakota Kai, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this because I, I, I think Dakota Kai is great. Uh, I think Raquel has, they've, they've done a decent job with her. I think they do a good job of kind of structuring her matches to get the most out of her and to maximize what she does well. Uh, and, you know, for all the annoyance that's going on up and down the roster, the women have still been pretty damn fun on NXT. So uh, I'm interested to see how this match goes. I think it has a chance to be a really good match. Um, I don't have a problem with the timing of the split. I actually think it was timed pretty well. Um, do you have a stance on that? Do you think they did it too early? Uh, no, uh, no, I think it was time. I, it was a yeah, little, it, it was kind of random. Like, I think there's probably a better way that I could have built it up. But I think by and large, no, I, I I was fine with how it how it was structured and how it went. Yeah. And, and I, you know, Dakota Kai is a, is a really, but yeah, I think you're right. I don't think they see anything in her. Um, they, they did bring her up and beat her on main roster TV already, right? On main event yeah, or yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. So and they obviously lost see... to Aaliyah for God's sakes, Aaliyah. Oh God, ugh! Talk about a non Aaliyah. Ugh. Eleven again, years, eleven point. years like, into her okay. developmental career, they lost to Aaliyah. True, but again, there are other Eva Marie's. Why did we need Eva Marie back on the roster? Like, like, there's a great example. Like, what does Eva Marie bring to the table that fucking Aaliyah doesn't? You know, or or, or vice versa. Like, honestly, I wouldn't employ either one of them, but. 
that, that kind of speaks back to our other point. But you could have called up Aaliyah to do what you're doing with Eva Marie. Right, to not wrestle. To, to avoid wrestling, you could have. There's plenty of people that could just avoid wrestling. And not rehash Eva Marie and then someone a little younger who maybe can grow into something. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I don't think they see anything in Dakota Kai. They definitely see something in Raquel Gonzalez. So, but yeah, I, you know, it's impossible to predict the next T booking with the state that it's in and not knowing where the, where everything is going. But, um, you know, Dakota Kai is another one. I would much rather see her on Wednesday nights. Oh and, God, anywhere, anywhere in the world. I, I think Dakota Kai excels yeah. uh, other than this company for sure. They could really use her on Wednesday nights. Absolutely. Absolutely. She'd yeah. Be, she would be tremendous against you know, against uh, uh, Sheeta or Brit or Thunder Rosa. Oh, my God. Dakota Kai versus Thunder Rosa? Fuck. Ruby. Yeah, when Ruby comes in. Ruby, she'll, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, that would – she'd be it'd be way more – you know, it, not that WWE main roster doesn't have uh, quality women's wrestlers because they do, but I it, it's just – it's WWE main roster. So it's like look what they've – Anyway, it, it just – I don't know. Move on to the next match. I, I feel like I can repeat these same fucking talking points. You really could. You really could. Now, now, this match I am definitely absolutely 100% looking for. NXT UK Championship, Walter versus Ilya Dragnov. Well, here's the thing. This could be the last last gasp for these guys to just go out there and beat the fuck out of each other. So, If you had a guy who your audience wasn't familiar with but you really believed in and you liked them and you wanted to bring them into your territory here, okay, work with me. And uh, he, he – on his first night in, <laughs> he's wrestling a guy who's not booked on your quote on your pay per view, your big show, whatever you want to call takeover. Okay, um, this is just a, a complete hypothetical, unrelated to this match complete whatsoever. Complete hypothetical. Right? Yeah, okay, all right, that's what I thought. Of course, you'd have him lose to the guy that's not booked on <laughs> the pay per view sure. or doing anything important with a fucking distraction finish, <laughs> right? And then. So he loses to Pete Dunne thanks to a distraction finish. I mean, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. He'll beat Pete. This is such a perfect guy to beat because Pete Dunne is credible. He's pushed. He's a great wrestler. And he's not involved in anything right now. So Dragunov could just beat Pete Dunne. And it's a nice, strong win to tell the audience this guy's for real. And he's a threat to Walter. Yeah, he so might beat is- Walter. Walter's yeah. beaten his ass before, but God damn it, Ilya Dragunov's on. He's on fire. He's won yeah. one in a row. You he's know what Pete, I mean? Yeah. This Pete Dunn is no slouch. Yeah. And he and he and he beat Pete Dunn clean in the middle. <laughs> it makes sense. You know? Okay. That that's classic booking, right? <laughs> it like, seems just- to make sense. Yeah. That it, you're gonna build up a guy for a match in a pay per view. You would have him win as opposed to lose on the way there. Yeah. I yeah. I, I can I can vibe with that for sure. Because you're not worried about Pete Dunn right now, right? Pete Dunn is your gatekeeper right now. But no. Walter comes down, the music hits, and Walter comes down. And of course, because Ilya Dragunov is a WWE wrestler. What is this? <laughs> his mind is just melted by music playing. So, and then, and then, you know, he loses via fucking distraction finish to the guy instead of winning. And this is a guy that are, who was already booked for the fucking world title match at the fucking pay-per-view. <laughs> then the next week. He beats Roderick Strong, so you're thinking, okay, they saw the error of their ways. So Roderick Strong's a guy who's very similar to Pete Dunne. He's not involved in anything right now, but the fans respect him. He's a quality wrestler. That's a good, solid win. So, all right, we're back on track. But then what happens? By the end of the show, 
Walter's beating the living shit out of Dragunov anyway <laughs> and beating the living shit out of everybody else that's in the ring as well, throwing bodies around all over the place. So you think they get back on track and do things the right way, and then 45 minutes later, Walter's just beating the fuck out of the guy again. What the fuck are we doing here? Does anybody in that room know what they're doing? I, th- they have, they, I, they, I thought they had smart wrestling minds there. I think they have smart wrestling minds there, but I'm not so sure anymore as I watch NXT lately. I, I don't know. Here's how you do it, Rich. He beats Pete Dunne in the middle of the ring okay. and is standing tall as the show goes off the air. Okay. Right? Yeah. Maybe Walter, maybe Walter watching from the stage. Mm-hmm. Maybe you sense. Yeah, Walter arms crossed, thinking. Yeah, yeah, thinking. Oh man, I thought I had this guy's number, but he looks bigger and better than ever. You know, you don't want Walter looking worried, but maybe just a small crack. Yeah, you know, because he beat a guy like Pete Dunne. Maybe Walter's nodding his head, like, okay, a sarcastic, a sarcastic clap, maybe yeah. would work. Yeah. So, so we go off the air with with Dragunov held arm held high. You fade the black with a nice clean win over Pete Dunne, and then the next week. He beats Roderick Strong clean in the middle, and you do the same thing. And then maybe Walter gets in the ring this time and holds his title up in the air, and they stare each other down. That's how you do it. It's not going to work, Joe. And I don't think I'm any kind of genius. for. Is that any kind of genius scenario? No, that's how wrestling worked for 70 years. And it worked pretty well. Why do they do what they do? I don't know. I don't know. Why? Why? This is why NXT should die. Because this is what you were talking about before. Who needs this? Who needs it? We need three nights of this? Do we need three nights of this? Do we need a yellow raw? Is it really necessary? Do we need this in our lives? I believe it's gold. I believe it's gold. <laughs> the black and gold branch. <laughs> Not yellow. Do we need heavy metal raw? Do we need it? <laughs> Poppy raw. <laughs> yeah. Do we need this? Like, just blow it up then. Why do I need to be frustrated about a third group of wrestlers that should be booked better? <laughs> right. Why do I need this I don't need in my life? <laughs> Why couldn't Walter and, and Dragunov just stay on fucking Beans on Toast Raw? <laughs> beans on Toast Raw. Which is still the it's last so much better. Oh, my God. People don't realize. You have to watch. NXT UK is fine. It's like perfectly acceptable pro wrestling. Perfectly replacement level wrestling. <laughs> but I, that's all I want. Guys come out, I don't know who half of them are, and they no. have real shitty promos, and then they win matches and they lose matches, and it's fine. It's okay. Yes. The corpse one of Johnny Saint appears sometimes. It's fine. It's like... One thing builds to the next. Sure, pretty deadly are the tag team champion, <laughs> but... One, but it's it's replacement level wrestling, and that's all I fucking want sometimes. Who needs bad yellow raw? None of us need it. Blow it the fuck up. Because how bad is the build to this match? Rich, the story's right there. They're career rivals. <laughs> I know it's not. Hard. What are we doing? <laughs> Tell us they're career rivals. Show, Show the match that they had last year. That was an incredible match of the year level match. You've even got footage of matches they've had that weren't in your company, but you have the. You have all of them. All of them. You you have all the matches they've ever had. You can show their whole history, acknowledge that they're rivals. That's how you introduce the guy. He came out and gave a decent promo. Yeah, yeah. Dragunov did two weeks ago. He gave a decent promo, which I wasn't sure he could do. And. You know, explain their rivals. Let him give his promo. Have him beat Pete Dunne clean in the middle. Have him beat Roderick Strong clean in the middle. Have them face off in the ring, and that's how the show ends. And 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 you go into it's you know that's all it takes. 
the fuck are we doing here? Everything has to be 50 50 It has to be. Walter has to attack him. Uh, he has to cause him to lose by distraction. Dragunov has to beat him. Yeah. Then Dragunov beats him up after the distraction yeah. finish. Right? Then Walt- Dragunov wins against Roddy, but then later in the show, Walter has to beat him up. Yeah. Because you can't just <laughs> Nobody can be up. over it. At the end of the show, everybody has to be neutral. Exactly yes. where they were before the show started. They have to be at where the end of the show is. Yeah. And that's not what NXT used to be. No. It used to be booked well. Back when this motherfucker was getting fruit baskets, that's not what this was. That's why you're not getting fruit baskets anymore. And that's why you're running from the media. Because your show fucking stinks. That's why. That's why you do 600,000 viewers and a .14 in the demo. Because your show fucking stinks, Paul. It stinks. And you stink. And that's why they're tearing it apart. Because you blew it. Unplanned rant. <laughs> it's good. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the big WWE weekend. As you can tell, we're fucking excited as hell over here. So, uh, no instant reaction for SummerSlam either. I will not be here. And uh, I don't know. Joe, you gonna record something for SummerSlam? <sighs> Probably not. But... <laughs> there you go. But we'll see. We're open to the possibility of it happening. Yes. Yeah. We'll we'll do it next week. Is what we'll do. Right. Right here. On the Voice Wrestling flagship. Right, yes. Very often we'll do these shows. Like, here's the thing. If we do SummerSlam uh, on Saturday, you don't get it on the flagship next week. So now you can wait a whole week to get our scorching hot takes for SummerSlam. So there you go. That's, that's. And the the thing is, Walter and Dragunov could be like a match of the year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You just let those, you just built, you say, these are the matches they had before. It's them beating the living shit out of each other, bloody and battered, and say now they're going to face each other on Sunday. But Dragunov is coming in with a two-match win streak. Uh, and Walter, who who's been dominant as NXT UK champion, maybe he's cracking a little bit. Maybe Ilya Dragunov's got his number. He's beat him in the past. Can he beat him again? Boom. They'll find a way to fuck it up. They, yeah. they won't just let them go out there and have a match. Oh, God, I no. Mean, God, no. Forget that. Someone's I mean, coming in. Yeah, someone's running in or some weird, nefarious thing. Who the fuck knows? Oh, boy. All right, you want to talk about good wrestling shows? It's happening in the fucking Capitol Wrestling Center, you know. Instead of, uh, you know, the fucking name some British sounding venue, (laughs) the Royal Peter the (laughs) Third, the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, there we go. That's the only one I know, I think. Where did uh, Progress used to run in some pretty fun building? I forget what the uh, what their building was. What they used to be in all the time. The uh, what was it? The ball, the electric ballroom they used to be in all the time, right? Is that is that one of them? Sounds Royal Albert Hall. Royal, let's go with Royal Albert Hall. The Ritz. The cockpit. Yeah, the cockpit. There we go. <laughs> Live in the cockpit. All right. Uh, let's get to wrestling that is good. Um, New, Japan, New Japan Resurgence. New Japan uh, of America here. From the Torch at the LA Memorial Coliseum. Joe, I had no idea. When I knew that they were running this thing called the Torch at the LA Coliseum, I thought it was just some random arena near... I didn't know it was in the Memorial Coliseum. This venue fucking rules. This is How awesome new... is this venue? I okay, love it. So... This is a new sub-venue just outside the Coliseum. And I believe this was the very first event in this new sub-venue, but they're running concerts and all kinds of shit at this thing. 
but it was a cool looking venue for sure. Yeah, you got the you got the the, the fire in the background. You got the just the, the LA Coliseum. The Coliseum. Yeah, it's a really cool the arena. It's rings and everything. It's yeah, a it was... dump. Have you ever been? Have you ever been around it? It's an absolute dump. <laughs> like, but it's cool. It's it's like an old dump, which is cool. Yeah, I hear it's a terrible part of town and all that. Yeah, so. it's it's pretty awful. Yeah, last time I was yeah. in LA, I was like, aha. I'm going to see the Coliseum. I want to see what it looks like up close. And as we're driving, Michelle's just like, where are we going exactly? And I'm like, I think I'm going to a, the LA Coliseum. And she's like, oh, okay. And then we get there and she's like, is that it? And I was like, yep. Yeah. We got in the car and then we went back to where we were going to go otherwise. So, yeah. it's uh, But, hey, this was a cool outdoor arena. I like this. You got the torch in the background. You got the columns of the LA Memorial Coliseum. Really, really cool stuff here. So, I love this venue. More wrestling definitely needs to run here. Uh, and I'll be honest, if New Japan runs here pretty regularly, I'm in. And uh, if New Japan of America runs a little bit more regularly, I'm in as well. Because, Joe, this was a very – the resurgence is a perfect name for this. I am excited about New Japan of America after watching this show. Yeah, listen, what this show did for me was it reminded me how great New Japan could be with yep. some atmosphere. Mm-hmm. That's all. You know, that's all it's going to take for New Japan to bounce back is – a full roster back together again, and they're finding some new pieces with this American thing too, which is interesting. Um, and then a little bit of fucking atmosphere, and New Japan will be right back to where they were. It's it's the atmosphere and the limited roster that's killing them in Japan right now. Uh, because this show rocked. This was a super fun show, uh, up and down the card. Uh, let's uh, we'll, we'll go we'll go all the way through the card. We'll, we'll work our way to the main event here. We had the uh, the opener, Carl Fredericks versus Alex Coughlin. Uh, this is Coughlin's challenge match series here. So he goes ten minutes with Carl Fredericks. Uh, this is a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Fredericks is solid. Uh, he th- the problem is like the last year of developmental for him has felt like it's kind of stalled a little bit. Uh, but Coughlin is, is is getting good. All those guys are getting good. They're all kind of at a level right now. You do wish there was an opportunity for Fredericks to maybe spread his wings a little bit more. Uh, and, and, and move up the card a little bit and, and, and wrestle some top tier guys. And there is still the possibility for doing that. And he has done that throughout the last year. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in this next year because it does feel like we wasted uh, an entire year of, of his developmental. And, and, and Coughlin, I think, is, is solid as well. But so they got good guys. Like, I don't know what the ceiling is on these guys. Like, a couple years ago, I would have said the ceiling on Carl Fredericks is like a main eventer. I don't know if I'm there anymore with him. Uh, but I think it's still a pretty solid ceiling. I think all these guys are all rosterable guys but you know as far as where they go I, it, it's hard to say Clark Connors you can have I, that I, too, think, so. I think COVID has done a number on a lot of guys in New Japan and Carl Fredericks is one of them we haven't had a chance to see him as a pushed commodity in Japan in front of fans yet because if you remember he shed the Young Lion label on the debut of New Japan Strong during the pandemic so I don't know I want to see Carl Fredericks in Japan post pandemic with crowds, how he wrestles with the, uh, with the, um, with the core roster, how he looks in there with other stars, how he projects, what kind of confidence he has. I'm not ready to write him off. I think he's, he's a guy who like Shota Aminu and, and like, uh, Ren Narita have really just, you know, this, uh, you know, this pandemic didn't come at the right time for anyone, but really came at the wrong time for people like that. So, um, and, and I, and like we talked about last week, I think people may have the wrong impression who haven't been following new Japan strong that he's not a pushed guy. He is, he just didn't happen to have a big match on this show. Right. Yeah. He, he's, he's been pushed. And I think I'm, I'm very interested to see what this next year, if new Japan does 
uh, New Japan of America is running in, in buildings with fans, uh, doing a semi-pseudo tour, you know, going to Philly, doing that sort of stuff. Seeing him in front of different audiences, seeing him with different wrestlers, I think that's going to be the important thing. Because, yeah, he's a push commodity and he's had good matches, but they've all been in the in the, in the warehouse atmosphere. Yes. Uh, and, and I can't wait to see him against, you know, anybody anybody on this roster, honestly, anybody that you mentioned, because it's all yeah, going to so be fresh and it's I all going to be it's, new. It's, so It's kind of unfair to, like, to, 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 because basically the pause button has been pushed. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's the first time he wrestled in front of fans on the New Japan show since the last time he was in Japan, whenever the fuck that was. You know, rocking the black tights. So, um, and he won here, and he's going to have a match with Will Ospreay at some point. Yes. So, um, you know, Carl Fredericks is a guy, you know, don't be fooled by it. Look, I, I'm, look, I'm not naive. I know a lot of people listening haven't been watching Strong. But don't be fooled by the card placement here. I still think they see him as as a potential player. Uh, then we had a, uh, just a, a random six man here. It was a uh, Clark Connors, Ren Narita, TJP versus Fred Rosser, Rocky Romero and Wheeler, Utah. I thought a lot of the names in here were pretty good. I don't know if the match really stood out that much to me, but uh, what'd you think of this one? Well, the big takeaway here is Clark Connors scored the fall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think a lot of people who may just glance at this would have thought, Oh, you know, Ren Narita will probably lose or something. But the Clark Connors, Ren Narita team won, and Connor scored the fall. New Japan likes to do this on shows like this. You remember a few years ago, Jay White was scoring falls in matches like this before they, um, uh, while he was still sort of, I guess still a young lion, but kind of just starting to come out of that. And just on his way to Ring of Honor for his, you know, or maybe it was on his way back from Ring of Honor. I can't remember, but on that, like that Cow Palace show and one of the others, you saw White was scoring. That's similar to what they did here. It's what they're telling you is, pay attention to Clark Connors now. He's not just a guy who's going to eat pins, and you know Ren Narita being on the winning side as well. And Rocky Romero, I mean, for a guy that's part of the office, it 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 really seems like he has learned from Gato and Jado because he has no ego. I mean, he was in a back and forth feud with Danny Limelight at one point. You know. Uh, you know, a 50-50 feud there. He has no problem being on the losing end of things at any point in time. So, um, you know, I, I I wasn't even thinking about the result here. And then when I saw it, I was surprised, but then I wasn't surprised. I was surprised, and then I was like, oh, wait, well, no, actually all of this makes sense, what they're doing here. So this is typical New Japan when they're ready to, to, to push somebody. Uh, then we had a, just kind of an everybody else on the card match, which is a little bit of a shame because there's a lot of really good talent in this match. But unfortunately, I, I don't think it really stood out. But that, that's fine. There was plenty of other on the show. But this was one that I was looking forward to. And I don't know if it ended up delivering here. It was Adrian Quest, uh, Chris Dickinson, Fred Yehi, Leo Rush, uh, and Yua Uemura versus Team Filthy, Danny Limelight, uh, Jarrell Nelson, J.R. Kratos, Royce Isaacs, and Tom Lawler. So a lot of r- guys that I really like in this match, but ultimately with, you know, 10 guys or what was it 12 I mean I, th- I think or 10 yeah it was 10 guys in this match you know in 13 minutes it was hard to kind of keep track of what the hell was even going on uh, during most of it so I don't know I was a little disappointed in this match because a lot of names here that I really really like but uh, I mean it was good it just it, it, there's not a ton that stood out for me in this one I thought it was a lot of fun and I think again similar to the previous match who came out with all the shine here Yuya Uemura he even cut a very pathetic promo after the match look he tried you give him credit for trying but um yeah, I mean, you know, he got all, you know, by the end of the match, all the focus was on was on Uemura. So, again, um, this is a situation where they're telling you, look, guys like Clark Connors and Uemura, they're going to be next up. 
So that's kind of the idea here. The other takeaway I had is when Team Filthy made their entrance, I mean, Tom Lawler is really starting to get it. I mean, he's he's, he's really showing more charisma and he's he's leaning into sort of this dirtbag character and he's got this stable of guys and I love his entrance music. It just it just fits him like a glove. <laughs> it's very filthy. It feels like it's dirt so bag. It's a great and dirt I, bag song for sure. I just picture him coming out in Cork and Hall to that fucking music, you know, to 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 wrestle a tag or or uh, or something. He's just. I think Tom Lawler is a guy who who knew Japan. I mean, obviously, they put their title on him, so. They, they see something in him, but I mean, I think they should make moves to try to lock him up, especially since it looks like he's not going to be fighting MMA anymore. Yeah, I so. agree. I, I think he's a great member of that roster, and especially if you're going to, if you really are truly, like you said, you're thinking of Cork and Hall. I'm thinking if this New Japan of America thing is, is, is going to continue going like it is, which yeah. appears it definitely is for the rest of 2021. And golly knows what 2022 is going to bring. Uh, he's a guy that I lock up. Even for that purposes. If you can bring him to Cork and Hall, great. If you have to run him in America all the time, that's fine too. Because he can do everything. He's a good character. He's got presence. He's got an aura about him. He's got a following. He, he, he's he's su- semi-famous. He gets it. Like, yeah, he, he's a no-brainer f- for me. But, uh, no, I mean, the, the cool thing of this match, and, and the disappointment to me was, like, the Dickinson and Yehi and, and some of the other guys, like uh, Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaac. They just felt like they were guys uh, in this match. But, ultimately, the old... You, Yomura, you saw him. It was all about yeah. him. And then he gets a contract afterwards. He officially is LA Dojo. Uh, so that's a yeah. cool little thing, too. So you know you're going to get this guy. And that guy is going to be a star. Oh, I, I am God. positive he- of that. I am 100% positive that at least, I, I don't know. Okay, I shouldn't say that I know he's going to be a star. I know that New Japan wants him to be a star and will do everything they can to make him a star. He has blown right past Shota Aminu. Oh, my, my God. He so has far blown past yeah. right past him. I mean, um, We'll talk about Amino in a minute, but he's got, you know, there's some issues there. But this guy has blown right past him. And, and um, you know, Renderita, I think, will be a nice person to have on nice the roster. Nice roster guy. Roster guy for sure, Renderita. Yeah, I don't see him as a star. Yuya Yuma is a fucking star. Yuya Yuma has a chance to be a star. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, then we had Juice Robinson versus Hikuleo, Joe. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I really liked it. Sounds what? like you didn't. No. No, you I did. It? I really liked it. Yeah. Well, I thought he the moved. floor is yours, sir. Yeah. Like I don't like I liked it for what it was in the middle of the show. <laughs> bad. <laughs> That's... Oh, I didn't think it was bad. All right, well, you could you can explain why you thought it was bad, but I'll tell you what I liked about it. I I liked Hikuleo is improving at a rapid pace. I mean, he did some things in this match that I really liked, including that uh that snap up uh power slam out of nowhere on Robinson. I like the structure of the match and I like the way that the finish was laid out. Like if this match would have taken place six months ago or a year ago, juice Robinson would have hit the fucking pulp friction and beat this guy in the middle in six minutes. And, but again, the theme of this show was you're seeing development and you're seeing some guys, uh, this was almost like there was a perfect resurgence was the perfect name for this. It was almost like the coming out party for a lot of these dudes who have been quietly improving uh, without the cameras on in front of no fans when they are wrestling uh, with the cameras on. And Hikuleo is another example of a guy who impressed the hell out of me on this show. I mean, 
And and the thing about Hikuleo is they've got him working on in AEW. He just worked the recent Impact taping. They have him working shows like this, which They're is thinking, to me is the good plan with him. He he just needs to get reps. That that dude's had reps. he's had yes. what like seven matches in like a year. You know what I mean? Like because I there was I think there was an injury, and then there was obviously he was on ice for a little while, and then the pandemic. But yeah, I think let me let me actually see how many matches he's actually wrestled in the last couple of years because it's it's painfully low the amount of matches he's actually had. Look at the size, and if he fills his body out, okay, and, you know, he's got, you know, he moves well for a man his size. You know, you don't, he doesn't have, like, that Cody Hall thing where you're like, okay, this guy's never going to move around the ring naturally or or, or, or look good moving around the ring. He he, he moves like an athlete, and, and I, I just, you know, I think all of these reps in different places are helping him, and he's improving rapidly, and I like the structure of this, and it, it was clear that, you know, Juice, they don't see Juice at, uh, at, at, at much of a higher level than they do this guy anymore, you know, with the way that he beat him and everything. So, and Juice, he's probably on his way out. He should be on his way out. I mean, to me, Juice and Finley can hit the bricks. I, you know, I've been down on them for a while and I just feel like both of them have hit their ceiling. There's nothing, neither one of them are ever getting pushed harder than they've been pushed. When it comes to Juice Robinson or David Finley, there's nothing left for them to accomplish in New Japan. Uh, they're never going to get pushed harder than they've than they've been pushed to this point. It's time for them to move on. Yeah, and, and I think in, and that was going to be my point in this match is I really think that we've seen now both these guys, and I guess we'll talk about Finley a little bit. I think we've seen both these guys not not necessarily regress, but just like you can see in their in the way that they work. I don't know if their heart's in it anymore for New Japan. And that, and that was going to be my criticism. I don't think Hikuleo was bad in this match at all. He was fine. He was okay. I did not think Juice was good in this match, though. I thought he was kind of sleepwalking through this thing, going by the by the numbers shit. I thought Hikuleo was, was solid, but I did not think Juice. I mean, Juice was just, just going there, doing the stuff, selling, boom. I was just like... Punching a clock for him. I, I I just I was really disappointed in his output in this match. I did not think that he brought his A game here whatsoever. You know, with with more American options now, I think it's time they both move on. Yeah, I agree. You know, Finley seems to have his heart set on the uh, uh, on on the on the PC and headed to W, which was ultimately going to be his destination anyway. You know, through his father's connections, and it's it's long overdue for that. I think for him and Juice, I think would have options, and he would come across fresher in some other places. You know, whether it was a return to WWE or maybe Impact full time or even AEW or wherever, I just, I just, I, I've had enough of them in in New Japan. I mean, they, you know, where it's like there was a more, there was more spark to their work at WrestleMania weekend versus Kevin Koo and Don yes. Garini. Oh, absolutely! You compare that to this. And I mean, they lo- they were in hog heaven in that match. They were. They worked like uber baby faces. They're bouncing all over the ring. And then he comes here and he's just kind of going through the motions. And it's just like, all right, dude, then get out of here. Like, you know, if you don't want to be here, cool. Like, I don't care. That's fine. Like, but I don't know. We told people to temper their expectations for that match. And then we looked like idiots because it was great. great. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're telling people privately, hey, you know, I don't know what you're going to get. And then the match was. Yeah, people are booking their show. Hey, what can I expect from these guys? Eh, They're going to put low effort. Eh, They won't really try. Then they go out there and they bust their ass and have a great match. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. (laughs) You know, we look like fucking fools. But it's like, so I really feel like, you know, they just need, they they need, you know, and plus with all of the, the heat they have, 
the heat that they have with the office, you know, with the gauge and unrest stuff. I mean, it, it's probably just time to move on. For, yeah, for the- I, I think it's probably better for, for all parties involved. Yeah. So. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24 7 customer support, and you'll love this none of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufiofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Uh, Now we go on to a match that, Joe, my hot take for this show was going to be, why are not enough people talking about this match? This match is incredible. Uh, And then I found that you were tweeting it out earlier today, and I was like, all right, it's fine. But now I know why we've done the show for 10 plus years, because you and I are on a similar wavelength here, because you saw this match and thought it was incredible. I saw this match and I thought it was incredible. Tomohiro Ishii versus Moose. 16 minutes and 7 seconds. I fucking loved this match, Joe. This was so good. And I, I was annoyed when I watched this. Because I watched it like on Tuesday or something like that. And I remember looking back on tweets on Saturday. And nobody was talking about this match. People were talking about Will Ospreay, which we'll talk about in a sec. People were talking about the main event with Tanahashi and Lance Archer. Nobody was talking about this match, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? This was so good. <laughs> what the I hell? Think you, I, I think you just missed it because it, okay. uh, watching the timeline in real time, people were raving about good, it. Good, good. Yeah. Um, no, it was, yeah, it was fucking great. It was phenomenal. I mean, this is the best Moose has ever looked, ever, ever. Yeah. 
No, this is Moose's best match ever. And, and this is an all time great match. Ishii performance, too, man. He was great. He was, Ishii was fucking godlike in this. He was, <laughs> and we always like Ishii, but this was, this was an even better, like, this was Ishii on the top of Ishii's game, which is basically all time great when you're talking a guy like Ishii at the top of his game. I mean, he was so good. He just does little things that other wrestlers don't do. He doesn't do that annoying thing where he watches the ref during a near fall. Half the time his eyes are closed or he's covering up his head because he just got dropped on it. And he has the timing to do a near fall without watching the referee. And I hate that because it always tips it off. There was a spot in this match where he did a one count kick out and you're expecting him to do this fighting spirit, like fire up. And then he just collapses <laughs> like, like instead, and you don't expect that in that spot. You expect them to power up and then, you know, maybe eat a couple, you know, and then maybe clothesline each other or something, go into a spot like that. But he kicks out and he powers up, but then he just, and he collapses in such a natural way. Like it's not some goofy pro wrestling bump that he took. Like he uh, he just stumbles and then like you know falls forward. He's just these little things that he does are just at a different level than 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 nearly everybody else, and it's what sets him apart. And Moose is such a perfect opponent for him because of the size difference. Oh and- my god, they got in the ring and like I I, I know that Ishii's a small guy, but he literally went up to his like hip, and you're just like, oh man. And they played that story the entire way, where this little bowling ball just goes at this big athlete, and this athlete just fucking shoes him away every single time, and kicks him and punches him, and and just slaughters him every time he comes. And just the size difference between the two was so good. And they played and he up brought perfectly. Moose up to his level. Yeah. He brought, Moose was great in this match. Oh, Moose is, 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 I mean, Ishii's bouncing around the ring and Moose is throwing kicks like you've never seen before and bouncing. It was, I mean, yeah, I had never seen Moose this good, ever. Moose threw a drop kick so good he almost missed him. He missed him. I, I was going to point that out. He went over his head he and had to go down. Yeah, had to go down and, to get Ishii. <laughs> it just, he, you know, he brought Moose up to his level and, and Moose is a guy who can be worked up to the level of a great wrestler. We've seen it happen. And um, no, this was just this is this was phenomenal. I I did I just think, in terms of an individual match performance, it doesn't get much better than this in terms of Ishii. And yeah, I think you're right. This was the best Moose performance probably ever, at least that I could think of. And this is a guy who I've enjoyed plenty of times. Um, I don't think Moose is a top tier guy, but he's a guy who can have a who can step up and have a great match. So yeah, this. You know, I didn't watch this until today because I only watched the back half of the show in real time because it was head-to-head with Triple Mania. So when Triple Mania ended, I jumped over to the New Japan show, and it was right when the Will Ospreay promo was happening. So I went back today and watched the first half of the show, which is why I hadn't tweeted or talked about this match. So, yeah, it was – all of the hype that you're seeing, it, it definitely meets or exceeds it. It's a match that I think everybody listening should seek out and, and watch immediately. Yeah, I went four and a half on it. Uh, I've seen four and a half is where I'm at. Too. Yeah, Sean Cedor, for, who did a review, he went four and a quarter. Uh, Grapple, I think, 4.14 from them. So um, universally seems from, from everybody that I've talked go to, enjoy it. Yeah, so so go out of your way. If, you, if you're going to watch a few shows, if you're going to watch, you only have a time for a few matches, we'll give you the, the ones on this show. But this is 100% one of those that you should check out. 
he's best as an underdog like this. He's great. Again, he's just like great. He's, there's there's you know, dorks that say he's not good. Yeah, they're idiots. Well, the they're criticism good. is that he has the same match every time, and I'm like, okay, him and every other wrestler. <laughs> Literally I, every wrestler has like, ever existed. Yeah, that, yeah I mean. And, you okay, have a style. Yeah, you have a style, and you usually work in relative to that style. And yeah, I also and don't think don't, that's true either, but that's fine. If you don't like that match, okay, but I don't understand why you wouldn't. It's always fucking awesome. <laughs> right, they're always like, good. Yeah, that's... Like, it, it, it's... Yeah, if you go to the same restaurant... So, say you go to a restaurant, it's always good. You go there a lot. Do you go there and go, ah, this fucking spaghetti is exactly... It's still good, Joe. I hate it. I want something I mean, new. I wish they would just give me bad spaghetti once or twice to throw it off the scent a little bit. Like, who fucking cares? It's good. I understand it from the... St- okay, so... If someone was having the same or the similar match every time and I didn't like that particular match or match style, I get, I do get that. But it's hard for me to wrap my head around people not liking this match that he has on because this match is great. Like it's 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 basic pro wrestling. It it's, seems it, like a style that should work for anybody. That should pro work for fan. anyone. Yeah, yeah. It's an underdog showing fight and he does it better than almost anyone ever. I mean, who does the Ishii match better than Ishii? I mean, he's so good at that underdog thing where that never say die, you have to kill me dead to beat me. And, you know, the the way he sells, the way the little things, the way he emotes, like, it's just like, who does it better than who, um, who comes across like an underdog better than he does that underdog with the, with the, you have to kill me fight. I mean, that, that. and and you would think that that style is something universal that everyone would love. I really it's so hard for me to wrap my head around people who don't think Ishii is is phenomenal or or it's just so I don't Yeah. It's we're hard gonna for have me to do we're gonna have to do that, that Ishii deep dive we've we've talked about doing and we have we have some we're of the files and stuff. Yeah. We we gotta do that one to kinda let people it, know that it's not just like yes, he over the last, you know, five, six, seven years or whatever, which is ridiculous too, because he's been doing great matches for like a decade now. And there's, there's still people like, I don't know, it's kinda the same. <laughs> Okay, all right. But, um, yeah, we got to do that deep dive soon, too, just to jump into his entire career and, and, and hopefully convince people that... Uh, well, I, I'm i interested to do that because I haven't seen those matches. I've seen, like, one or two, maybe. We got a list sent to us from from uh, Alan, uh, Alan Forel from yeah. PW Torch, and I'd seen maybe one of those matches. I think I saw one of the Big Mouth Loud matches, but that's pretty much it, so... Um, so, I mean, if, if I go through those matches and he's just as great as he is now, I mean... You're talking about an all-time great wrestler for sure. You know, I just I haven't seen a ton of his pre-2010ish yeah stuff. So, um yeah, we will do that eventually. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh but but yeah, this this was great. And that and that title match against Naito a couple years ago, I think at a new beginning or something. Um that is one of my top 10 individual match performances of all time from Ishii in that match. I mean, that had me, I mean, I, I was, oh, that's when you were crying, right? When you were talking about it, right? It had me on the verge of tears. He was so good. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be melodramatic. No, no, that was the like one time you were like, I, I'm actually, yeah, you were describing this match. And I think tearing up as you were describing, he was it, so. so good in that match. It, 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 I don't. I just. I don't. I can't I put it to words. Think was it, so. Now there's. It was the King of Pro Wrestling. It was the. Was it an actual title match or a number one contenders match? It was because there's a title match at Wrestling Dontaku 2016 with him and Naito, and then there's a number one contenders match at King of Pro Wrestling 2017. That might be it. Yeah, I, I think the 2017 one is what I, I gotta remember, check my but, notes. Yeah, but but. Um, 
No, no. I want to say it was a title match. Okay, then it might have been that... Um... The Dontaku Yeah, match. the Dontaku one. Uh, Dontaku 2016. That's it, I think. Yeah, I think that that is it, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. Ishii's just... He's, he's good. Ishii is a good wrestler. It's our conclusion there. Uh, after this match, we got a bit of a surprise here. As Will Ospreay appeared out of nowhere. It says he's medically cleared to compete. Uh, it says that... Uh, the G1 is coming up, but he isn't going to be in it, and he's not going to Japan. He said he is going to stay in America. So we cut a good promo here. Uh, just heel asshole. <laughs> it's probably the best way to describe it. Just chicken shit asshole. He starts calling out Shingo Takagi, calling him a fake world champion. Holds up the real world champion. So we got the disputed title uh, thing, which I'll, I'll ask you in a second what, what your thoughts are on that. Uh, then he runs down the LA Dojo losers. These guys come out. They start to try to attack him. He runs out of the ring. Those guys stand tall. He runs out of the ring uh, through the crowd. Uh, this was awesome. Complete surprise to a ton of people. I thought a tremendous promo by Will. Uh, set up a lot of stuff, and how could you not be excited about Will now back in the mix in America, in the LA Dojo, doing stuff with those guys? I mean, that is going to be awesome to see him travel uh, the, the country and have a lot of really fun, interesting matchups too. And, and eventually when he's ready to go back to Japan, the, if, if you know, ideally he's going to win all of his matches. He's going to be the, uh, you know, to, the claim of being the real world champion. Ishii or, or Shingo will be... The current champion, and then they'll have a match. You know, and it'll be incredible when, 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 if and when it finally comes. But uh, no, I'm really excited to see what this, you know, what happens with Will. I know I had expectations of Rev Pro. I had expectations of this. I had no expectation that he's going to come to New Japan of America and just be a regular here. I mean, this opens up so many opportunities. Opens up AEW. Opens up Impact. Opens up. I mean, just so many things and so many matches that we haven't seen Will in before. And I am just super excited for what the rest of the year has to has in store for him. This guy is just such a fucking superstar. I mean, I, I turn on the show right when this promo, right when he's coming out for this promo. And this is one of the best promos I've heard all year. I mean, he is just so confident and comfortable with this character now. And this promo was just straight up fucking fire. I mean, he was on fire. Fire. Yeah, he's, he's, he's throwing stuff at New Japan too. He says, "I asked for months off, and they stripped me of the title." You know, I mean, there's some there's some fun stuff. It's in there. rooted in reality. It's yeah, a storyline right. rooted in reality, and those are always the best kind. And he was just firing bullets on everybody. The line about Shingo being a pussy, the timing <laughs> on that was just so great. Um, he's like, "Oh, you guys like Shingo, pussy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he's just so good. I mean, this guy is just—he's a total package now, and. He's just so comfortable in his own skin with this. And the promo was just rapid fire, just crushing everybody. Yeah, he built like 19 matches in, in five minutes. I mean, he called all the guys. I forgot he called them bitch boys, all the all the LA Dojo guys. LA Dojo yeah. guys. I mean, he's going to wrestle TJP. That's going to fucking be that's gonna be fucking utterly ridiculously good. Um, yeah, he's going to face Fredericks. He's going to face Connors. Oh, he's going to face point. TJP. He's going to face... Yeah, he's gonna move on to bigger things after right, that, right. and then it's it's like the promo though. This promo, I put it on, and by the time this promo is done, I'm fucking, ah, I'm into it, Rich. Yeah, I'm clapping. I'm like, this is the first time <laughs> in months and months and months that I was excited about something in New Japan because New I have been struggling with, and you have been too. You've been struggling worse than me. I have been struggling. With these dry ass fucking New Japan shows, these and it's not their fault. We've been down this road a million times. 
these dry ass fucking New Japan shows. They feel dry as a bone. There's no excitement. There's no juice. It's the same 12 guys wrestling each other on every tour. Okay, New Japan Strong was in front of no fans. I like it well enough, but again, dry, no juice. Osprey goes in there, gives the fucking promo of the year, and I am I am so fired up, and I'm just thinking to myself, I love New Japan. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I remembered that I loved fucking New Japan. Yeah, that it's got an incredible roster of just great wrestlers, just some of the best wrestlers in the world, and when it when it's booked well, it, it, no company can book as well as they do. When it's, and when, listen, it's, when it's good. He's improved as a promo, for sure. But he still lays an egg now and then. Like, every now and then he'll give a promo and you're like, oh, you know, that fucking missed the mark. Right? But more often than not now, his promos land. And this one was a fucking killer promo. This was so great. It, it told it, – it was, it was clear. He laid out all his motivations. He told his story. Plus, he's got that weird thing where he's like – it's that great thing where he's the heel – and he kind of has a point, right? You, you, yeah, like, it's one of those you you want to you want to boo him because he's such a pretentious asshole. Yeah, he's a fucking asshole. But you're but like, he's, ah, right. he's not wrong. He did get stripped of the title, and he did break his neck and break his back to you know get this company yeah. to, to and the they top. They did and let stuff. Moxley keep his for a year, yeah. and, and you know then he's cutting the promo on Moxley. Yeah, and you're like, and yeah, he, you're, <laughs> you're like, I know you're right. Yeah, that's that's. And then the dojo guys come out, and he's like, oh the fuck, he's laughing them off. Oh the fucking dojo boys. Oh here they are, and then he's like. All passive aggressive towards DJP. Oh, this guy trained with stars like Samoa Joe <laughs> yes, yes. and Brian Danielson. Yes, I love that line <laughs> so much. This was so fucking good. Like I'm sitting on the edge of my chair now, just talking about it. I watched it again today, and I was like, "All right, maybe I got caught up in the moment." No, nah, it fucking rocked. A lot of people didn't like it. Oh, they're and, and and listen, it's not. And listen, in this case, it's not just the people who are unfair about Will. Okay, there's a lot of people who you're never going to get an honest opinion out of, out of when it comes to Will. We all know why. Th- these are people with fair, legitimate opinions who didn't like it. What I notice is a lot of Europeans didn't like the promo. And what I'm seeing, and Alan had a great thread where he pitched the question to people. And again, these are Alan's followers. These aren't people who are just – these aren't ultra-wokes who are being unfair or anything like that. These are wrestling fans who who care about the wrestling, Okay. And he pitched it to his followers, and they're calling him something called an Essex boy. I don't know what it is. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't know what it is, and I Let don't care. What, do I want to see? Let's see what Urban Dictionary says for Essex boy. I don't know boy, what he's yeah. ripping off. I don't care what he's – Oh, it's a movie apparently. I don't know. I, okay. Uh, it's it, – you know, I guess it's some kind of annoying fu- – I guess it would be the equivalent of like a frat boy in the United okay. States. Okay, yes, someone, yeah, yeah. Or that, someone who's a fuck boy or something like that. That's kind of what he's going for, yeah. But okay, that's yes, <laughs> that's it's, what he's, he's doing. doing. He's a fuck boy. It's great. Yes. Yes, he's and, a it's, fuck and, boy. and he's doing it very well. He's doing it very fucking well. I don't care if he's ripping off Conor McGregor. Okay, Conor McGregor worked. Right. That fucking act a millions worked. of people watch buy pay per views to watch Conor McGregor get his ass kicked every single time, and he always wins. <laughs> I mean, for and fuck's then, sake. And the next six months later, people buy a bunch of tickets to watch him get his ass kicked again, and then it doesn't. Yeah, so Muhammad Ali ripped off Freddie Blassie. Everybody in wrestling ripped off Muhammad Ali. Dusty Rhodes ripped off Muhammad Ali. Dusty Rhodes ripped off Superstar Graham, who ripped off Muhammad Ali, and then Hulk Hogan ripped them off. What? Who cares? If it works, it works. I don't care who he's ripping off, who he's emulating. What he's doing now is working for him. This promo was great. And it got me fired up. I mean, this is a classic asshole heel promo where he just ethered everybody. And what was what's great about it is he actually has a point. He's not entirely wrong about a lot of the things he's saying. 
but he's such a fucking asshole that you want to see him get his ass handed to him. This guy's on the top of his game. If he comes back healthy, he was already one of the best wrestlers in the world. Now he's the total package. I mean, there's so much to be excited about with this. I don't know. This fired me up. This had me all excited about. This reminded me. This promo reminded me why I love New Japan. Yep. And, I, and I can't wait for him to wrestle. Now, the one confusing thing. I'll tell you the most confusing thing about all this. TJP comes out there in a Rams jersey, number 84. Who the fuck was that? <laughs> I, I was going to ask you. <laughs> Have you okay. figured it out? There's no The real. most prominent 84 I can think of in recent years is Ernie Conwell from the 99 Super Bowl team. Do you remember tight end Ernie Conwell? Yeah, I, I regret to inform you that TJP might be a bigger dork than we all thought. Do you know what year what? he was born? Oh, he's born in 84? Yep. So there's probably no name on the back of that or jersey. Or it says Perkins on the back. Rich, I'm a hardcore Rams fan. You know this. Yes. I cannot think of a prominent 84 I, I bet the, the name on the back of there is Perkins. So You're probably right. That would fit him, too. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, that's so bad. You can't get a jersey with Krejci on it. No, God, no. No. Dude, I don't even create myself. In video games, I go, I go to random name generators and, like, spit out a name. Like, I, I've never, even as a kid, I never wanted to be Rich Krejci, you know, the point guard of the Chicago Bulls. I was like, that's weird. Like... Because then, am I gonna make my? Am I gonna be a six foot, like mildly out of shape white guy? Like that's not gonna do anything, you know. So I do a random naming generator. Random, hey, I want to be six six, you know. It's better than being six foot. And... You're right. I bet you that said Perkins on the back. <laughs> that's so dorky. I mean, Ernie Conwell's a deep cut at least. He's not wearing Ernie. <laughs> Get out of here. I can't think of another prominent. Yeah, let's Ram. see. Does Football Reference have a uh, everybody that that? There has to be something like that because remember this was also the old white. This was the L.A. This was the L.A. Rams. Yeah, which is cool that a, he bought like a, a a cool old school one. I mean, he is L.A. through and through. So this wasn't like the a St. Louis Rams with the new design. This was an right, L.A. Right, Rams right. jersey number eighty four. So and there there have been no recent eighty fours that would be jersey worthy anyway. It, the only guy I could think of is Ernie Conwell. So uh, let's see. Let's, I, I got it. I'm, I'm here. So let's uh, let's see. Run off the Rams that have worn number 84. Uh, the and Rams that have worn number 84, Denario Alexander. No, he was on the team for like two years, and he, he was a backup and a non-entity. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, then we got to go to uh, – oh, sorry. Uh, Tameric Hemingway. He was a fourth-string tight end. <laughs> yeah, so probably not him. Randy McMichael. Okay, he came to the Rams after a couple good years. It's not a Randy McMichael jersey. There's no way that's a Randy McMichael jersey. And, and I know Randy who Randy McMichael is, and that's not a Randy McMichael jersey. And Randy McMichael never wore that style uniform. Right, 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 right. So we got we have to, like, honestly, because I'm, I'm doing L.A. Rams. It's combining all yeah. the old ones. So I'm going to jump all the way, what, 1992, right? When, when did they go to St. Louis? 94. 94, okay. But they still wore those jerseys until not until 2000. Okay, all right. So that, that cuts give out these. Give me 84, so give me all of them. Okay. Uh, Sean McDonald, not backup wide receiver, no shot. Yeah, Ernie Didn't Conwell, as you guy. mentioned, Ernie Conwell, who I think it was it has the best chance. Good, good career, but yeah, I don't know if I'm buying an Ernie Conwell jersey. Yeah, nice little player, but I don't think they're making Ernie Conwell throwback jerseys. <laughs> right, you know what right. I mean? You know, unless you custom make it, and then that's. I mean, if you can custom make any Rams player in history, I don't know if Ernie Conwell is on the top of the list. Uh, these other guys, I have no idea who these guys are. Troy Drayton. Troy Drayton was a tight end on the team. Actually, Ernie Conwell replaced Troy Drayton as the starting tight end. You would not get a Troy Drayton jersey. Would not happen. Um, Aaron Cox. 
Aaron Cox was a wide receiver on the team that had Henry Ellard and Flipper Anderson. Okay. So he was like the number three receiver. Again, you're not getting that jersey. You're not getting Aaron Cox. Yeah. And then these other guys, we're starting to get really uh, – Greg Beatty played a year there. Malcolm Moore played a year there. Chuck Scott played a year there. George Farmer played two years there. Jack it. Snow? Is it a Jack Snow jersey? Okay, now Jack Okay, now listen. Jack Snow is undoubtedly the best player to ever wear 84. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. He's the father of JT Snow, the baseball player. Oh, okay, okay. Could it have been a Jack Snow throwback? He would have worn what you know what? What years did Jack do you have the years Jack Snow? Uh, the Jack Snow years are 16. 1965 to 1975. You know what? He didn't wear that. He he didn't wear that style jersey until the tail end of his career. So it's probably not Jack Snow. Hey, he, this motherfucker wore a Ernie Conwell jersey. <laughs> no, it's a Perkins jersey. For sure. for sure. I guess we could just tweet him, I guess. Maybe ask him. Did you ask him yet or no? He don't like us anymore. He, he won't answer. He doesn't like me. He likes you. We're one in the same. Well, don't know, yeah, don't maybe. Know yeah. Well, I'll just say. He's not gonna an- it's not the one line. that argues with you about Kobe Bryant. It's the other one. <laughs> He's so. not going to answer our account. He's going to tell us to fuck off. He's going to tell us to eat <laughs> we shit. We got put on a list. We got put on a smart basketball yes. fans list at one point. So, Right. Um, it's, you know. I mean, to be fair, he said Kobe Bryant was the reason the Lakers won the title in 2000. And I you know, take great umbrage oh. with that, considering Shaquille O'Neal was on the court. and. Averaged thirty-five and twenty in the finals, but you know, yeah, <laughs> thirty-five or something like that. It's too. it's even even more ridiculous. I think it's even more ridiculous yeah. what he averaged in the finals that year. It's just it, it's right, utterly what ridiculous. <laughs> Which final was that? Was that? I believe that was the two thousand finals. Was that Sixers when the Kemby couldn't? Uh, no, that was the that, the two thousand was against the Pacers. Oh, the Pacers. When it was okay. clear that Shaq was the best player at that point. Right. Even yeah, the no even doubt. the Philly one, Shaq was the better player. By the New Jersey one, okay, okay, you can maybe make right. a case there, but um, right, right. No, I agree with you. Yeah, it was Shaq. Shaq was yeah. <laughs> the two thousand Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Let me try to find that series. One sec, one sec, just to give you an idea. Uh, yeah, Shaquille O'Neal he averaged thirty-eight and sixteen that series. Kobe averaged fifteen. So, um, Shaq was a sixty-one percent from the field. <laughs> 38 points a game, 16 rebounds, and two blocks. 38 and 16. <laughs> yep. Well, you know. That was one final. Shaquille O'Neal, uh, a paltry 33 and 15 from the uh, – Kobe steps the game up to 24 points a game. So, there you go. Well, you didn't play the game, and you don't know the little things. <laughs> I don't understand the intricacies of the game, yes. Well, that's you, oh, that's it's even – okay, sorry. Remember how I said that maybe Shaquille wasn't the better player against the Nets? Uh-oh, here we go. 36 and 12. Oh, <laughs> man. Series. Nearly 40 Oof. points a game. <laughs> One player. Just no match for Kenyon Martin. Throwing his nuts into Aaron Williams' face for four games. Get out of here. Yeah. Aaron Williams, yeah. <laughs> Todd right. McCullough, get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. As he's just throwing fucking Big Shaquille nuts in all those guys' faces. He's dunking down the court. Yeah, get out of here. Big Shaquille nuts. <laughs> well. Big Shaquille nuts. I'm the way sure he would do the dunk, he would do the dunk and he'd flip up. Remember the Chris Dudley one where he, you know. He yeah, very often would throw his nuts in, in a man's face. So. And look at the size of that man. He he obviously has big nuts. I Absolutely. Mean, just gigantic nuts. Yeah. How does he not have big – like it would be absurd if he did not have gigantic nuts because everything else on his body is gigantic. So why wouldn't his nuts be Yeah, gigantic? exactly. Be comical. Right. Be comical if it wasn't. So. Yeah. 
Uh, Alright, where were we? Oh yeah, sorry. Good Brothers versus Moxley and Yuji Nagata. So this was, people thought it was going to be Shuta Umino. Potentially makes sense to be with John Moxley, but nah, nah, nah. It is Blue Justice, Yuji Nagata making his uh, re-debut, I should say, in America here. Teaming with John Moxley uh, against the Good Brothers. Do you have anything uh, to to, to note about this match and, and some stuff that goes on with it? Yeah, so it's supposed to be Shooter Aminu. And Which makes all the sense in the world, obviously. Right, and he got pulled off the show, and it was not for the visa. It was. Uh, uh, it looks like Yuji Nagata made the decision to pull him off the show and then replace him with himself, which had trickle effects on the rest of the card because it may have been Tom Lawler versus Yuji Nagata in a singles match for that strong title. And then all of those other guys in like an eight-man tag. So it really affected the entire card by pulling Aminu off. But we don't know why, but we know it wasn't – the visa wasn't an issue because he was booked and cleared and ready to go. But they pulled him off the show anyway for unknown reasons. I really think my speculation that he has looked like shit in RevPro is the reason they pulled him. I don't think they want to expose him to the masses – with the condition, with the his physical, the way his body looks right now, and the way he's been wrestling, I, I I can't, I don't know that for a fact, but now with this new additional information, I think that's a fair reasoning. I, I mean, mean, you all I would say is like, look at the other young lions in this company. Look at the LA Dojo guys. Look at the other guys in this company. I mean, they clearly, clearly, clearly make a big deal about what your body looks like and how you take care of your body and and, and stuff like that. That that's all yeah, I'll and say. It's, and it has really sucked all the charisma out of him. He looked like a, a like the repackaged Uminu when he first got to the UK pre-pandemic. Looked like a future star, and he and he was and he had superstar charisma, and it's just gone. And it's not just me. Like the people who are going to the shows are saying the same thing. They're like, "Yeah, we're really disappointed." And he's not getting good reviews from anyone right now, either for his work and his body. He's got like, like a little beer belly. Like he's just he got. He put on the pandemic fucking 20, it looks like, you know, he just and and he's not exuding any charisma and his work hasn't been that great. So I I I think my personal theory is they didn't want to put him on a high profile show like this, which was going to be on New Japan World in Japan and American fans were going to watch it on Fight and on New Japan World. I think they're waiting for him to get back into shape and maybe get his mojo back because I think he's a guy they like yeah, and they have oh, high sure. hopes for. So you don't want them to put that impression on people. So I, that's my personal theory because it turns out he was, in fact, supposed to work the show, and they had to change like three different matches around as a result. Uh, as far as the match itself, anything uh, anything stand out to you? I thought I thought it was okay, but it's it's. it's you know. I have no thoughts on this. One, yeah, so. I got I, like other than it, it, honestly, the fireworks going off in the in the building made me more distracted than anything. You know I, why they did that? Do you know? No, I have no clue. Oh, you're gonna love this. So the fireworks start going off during the match, and everyone's like, oh, there must be another event happening, like, in the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean? um, but no, what it was is they had Osprey pose with the belt over his head, and they took pictures of him with fireworks going off. <laughs> what? Yes. If you go to his Twitter page, you'll see, like, he has – and he has, he has some cocky tweet, like, ah, you know, New Japan celebrating my big return – so they they did a firework gimmick for him so he could pose in front of the fireworks with the belt with this shit eating grin on his face. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And it just fits again. It's yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Over the top, you know, fucking real world champion gimmick, which I guess we didn't talk about, but I, I think it's a good idea for, for the time being since he can't be in Japan. 
and it fits what he's doing. Um, so yeah, that that's what the fireworks were, which is funny. That's but, incredible. Um, that's awesome. Oh, I see. Really... I see it. Yeah, I'm back, yeah, babe. Yeah. They yeah. just set up fireworks in the back. With the fire, standing there with the belt <laughs> over his head, right? Yeah, in front of the LA Coliseum. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Fucking great. That's so right? good. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. He's got the best look on his face. Like you could, you could buy that. Like this guy is such a fucking asshole that he bought that he these so- fireworks, or he's like, "Hey, set those fireworks off." And they're like, "No, yeah, like, there's yeah. a match going on." And he's so full of himself, he had a, his own fireworks celebration. Yeah. Like that's the idea. No, and he t- he, he he replied to the "I'm back, babe" tweet by saying, "I also set the fireworks off during the tag match." Yes, which is See? great. And that, you yeah. know what? Honestly, great story. Because now Moxie can say, fuck you, you asshole. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to have a tag match with a legend like Yuji Nagata, and you're in the back throwing fireworks off in the background so you could pose on Twitter. Oh. It's so good. This is this so is good. Like, he Get into it, Joe. Like Get any, into it. I love it. He fit into, like, any territory with this yeah. character. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so good. <laughs> um, but, no, the match. this match was basically just a setup for the post-match angle with Gorillas of Destiny. So they're going to do Gorillas of Destiny versus Good Brothers. If you would have asked me without thinking about it, I would have told you that these two teams have wrestled a hundred times. Rich, you know how many two times these two teams have wrestled? Uh, zero. Zero times. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like they've wrestled a million times? And then when you... <laughs> I know, I know. When they <laughs> came out, I was like, no, not again. <laughs> That's impossible. That's we're we're not Mandela effect. Something changed in the space time continuum. Fresh match. There's no way. And it's over with a certain crowd. I yeah. I have no interest in it. <laughs> not me but uh but i get it america this roster is fucking loaded i mean they have everybody i'm telling you when 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 the pandemic subsides on both shores and new japan is able to combine these rosters and have hot crowds it's back baby like i'm down on it now because of the atmosphere but they're well positioned they're developing talent during this pandemic yeah and finding new people and they're and, and, and really opening up the the uh, relationship too with other companies as yes. well. Opening it up with Ring of Honor, which obviously they, they always had, but keeping that open. Opening it up with Impact. Opening it up with AEW. I mean, that is just going to be. It's going to be. It's so useful to to develop guys to get fresh matchups to do fun stuff. And then yeah, when when the pandemic's done, you can bring everybody back. Then yeah, maybe you close off the doors a little bit. Maybe you'll become a little bit more you know security. But right now, there's no point if. Guys need to work places. Guys need work. You know, guys need new matchups. Guys need fun matchups. We need interesting things to get us through here. So, uh, this stuff is awesome, and I'm so glad that 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 you know, New Japan has has been open to it. So, look, it was icy at first for good reason. The relationship between New Japan and AEW, but this is best for everyone. This is just best for everyone, and it's better that cooler heads prevailed, and they both both sides realized, hey, look, this will benefit everybody, and it has benefited, and it's only going to grow from there. Every wrestler on this show was cutting promos and talking about AEW. Yeah. Willow Spray brought up AEW. Tanahashi. Jay White brought up AEW. Tanahashi brought up AEW. I mean, this is exciting. How can you not be excited about this? This is shit's happening, Rich. I know. I can't. I can't. uh, Will, I mean, there's so many different things you can do with Will. I mean, there's, yeah, there's so many things you can do with Jay. There's so many different things you can do with Tanahashi. It's it's awesome. I mean, fucking A. We got to get Will Omega at some point. I mean, I would hope so. Motherfucker. Let's keep Ishii here, too. You know what I mean? Don't let him leave. Shit, he's over more here. Yeah, I agree. He's a bigger star here than he is there, so. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, G1 will be Chase Owens versus Jado, but whatever. <laughs> I think Ishii did work the strong tapings. Okay, good. 
I think you were. Just, I I tried to avoid them, but I saw some of the matchups. Yeah, I, I've been avoiding the spoilers as well because I, I, I yeah. like. Uh, I'm I'm back into strong, and I'm because well, I know they're got a crowd now. It's yeah, they're crowd. in front of crowd, so I'm definitely in. So yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be watching strong moving forward. So yeah, and I I I, I kept one eye on strong. It's just the the warehouse kind of weird on me a little bit, but um. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I had to stop. Watch, I had to stop watching it every week because the atmosphere was just fucking killing me, and I would pop in. Well, I tried for, to do. I tried to do like a big rewatch once. I forget what we were doing. We were covering something. Uh, I was like, I'm gonna watch four episodes, of Sh-. and when it was done, I was just like, I'm never watching Strong again. <laughs> like, yeah, they can't can't do it. Uh, then we had a never open weight title here. Jay White versus David Finley. Obviously, a ton of history between these two guys, both young Lions. Jay White's uh, career trajectory, obviously, on a very different direction than David Finley's was at this time uh, or, or ever, really, at this point. But, uh, yeah, what did you think of this match? Because I thought uh, I came in with pretty high expectations, and I don't know that they were exactly met. I, I liked it. I just I thought I was going to like it a lot more than I did. And, and, and I don't know. What, what, what were your thoughts on it? Finley got to go. Average-ass match. Yeah, right? Like Out turned on Finley. Um, they they just had no interest in Finley winning this match or even being in yeah, the match. Yeah, they just started booing him. Halfway through the match, they just started booing him. He'd go on offense, and they would boo. Yeah. I mean, he, he's – Finley and Juice got to go. They just they just have – they need a change of scenery. They have to go. And um, I know Joel from the Super J-Cast was saying that Finley did an interview on Wrestling Observer Radio – with uh, Meltzer, I think Meltzer and Alvarez, I think, because I haven't listened to it. And he openly talked about his desires to go to WWE, and he thinks that may have contributed to the reaction he got because you would think that fans that go to a show like this, a lot of them would be insider fans that read Oh, yeah, yeah, and Kevin Kevin Kelly addressed it too. Did you listen on English commentary or or, or Japanese? English, but I missed whatever you're about to say. Okay, because Kelly said, well, you know, a lot of people have been talking about this recent interview that Finley did. Like, he addressed it right off the bat. Oh, wow. So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's so, uh, you know, a lot of discussion about what Finley's future holds after that, you know, interview, uh, uh, you know, that people are talking. It was kind of like, without saying it, saying it. So, um, look, if these guys want to go, I don't even blame them. I mean, here's the door. <laughs> they probably understand that. No, and, and like, w- like we said, they're developing so many other guys. That there's just no need for a Juice Robinson or a David Finley right now. You don't think that Carl Fredericks, Alex Coughlin, who is also not a young lion anymore, they've he's the Mad Reiner or whatever the fuck he is now. I mean, you don't think those two guys are ready to step into whatever spot they were in, and Clark Connors is coming, and Red Narita's coming, and Yu Yu Amur is here now, and you sign a Fred Yehai, and you sign a Chris Dickinson, and you you bring in a Tom Lawler. Like, yeah, there's no. I mean, they're passed up by all those guys that I just mentioned. All those guys. David Finley's been there how long? And I don't think he's ever been in a G1. No. It's it's I mean, time he, to go. It's time to go. He's never doing anything more than winning the tag titles, um, and and Juice isn't doing anything more than winning like the U.S. Yeah, it, it resurrected Juice's career, and he'll always yes. have that. But listen, it was a great career move, and it was the right career move, and he did great things. It's time to leave the fucking territory. That's okay. You know, we talk about it with WWE all the time. People stay places way too long these days, and a lot of that is there's less places to go. So I kind of get it. But when when you wear out that welcome and there's no nothing left to do, just fucking move on. Yeah. It is time for these guys, especially Finley, to just fucking move on. 
Uh, we'll move on now to our main event, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Lance Archer, IWGP US Heavyweight title match, which by the way, that title, it, it's unbelievable how much prestige that title has over the last year. It's Dude, like, my, point, my point was going to be, this is like the most exciting title in I know, I was thinking about that as it was coming on, I'm like, oh man, here we go, and I'm like, wait a minute, this title, like, I didn't, I thought this title a year ago was dumb and they should just get rid of it, and now it's like the prestige title of yeah. this company, it's awesome. It's on AEW, everyone's fighting for it, Moxley wants it, Jay White wants it, you know, Tanahashi wants it lance archer wants it moxley wants it it's just like man like this yeah. title's so cool but this match oh my god can we talk about this match tanashi and lance archer one for the ages here just a, a just a throwback to like a 2014 g1 match lance archer just coming back and just he was incredible in this match tanashi is always great still remains great i think he'll be great forever i, I, I can't imagine this guy at some point he's gonna break down and start being bad I don't know when that's going to be. It's not this year, that's for sure. But I thought this was one of Lance Archer's best individual performances ever. He was so maybe, good in this match. Yeah, maybe his best ever. He, The way he controlled the ring, the way he controlled the pace, and the way he controlled the fans was just god-tier great. I mean, I, he was so great in this match. I wanted to say this match reminded me, and I, I couldn't figure out the exact terminology, but this was, and I hate to use this because this one that, you know, like Brian Alvarez uses all the time, but this was just like two professional wrestlers going out there and having a great pro wrestling match. You know what I mean? Just two they didn't guys do too much. Exactly it was just a professional as fuck wrestling match. Yeah, you turn around by the end of it, and you know, I just heard you talking about Tanahashi. Eventually he's going to break down, but the thing is he didn't do much here, physically. He sold his ass off, and he's like the biggest baby face on earth, so it's so easy to get sympathy, and it's so easy to get heel heat just beating on him. And then he made his comeback at the end, and he, you know, he did his, uh, you know, sling blade clothesline, and he, he did the, 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 the frog splash and all that. But he didn't take a bunch of huge bumps. This was Lance Archer more beating on him than throwing him around. And... The pacing in this match, I mean, sometimes people talk about pacing, but this is a perfect example of a match. I would show this in wrestling school to teach big men how to work and control a crowd and set up a baby face for a big comeback at the end of a match. Because this was just picture perfect work by Lance Archer. And you're right. I think this is arguably the best performance of his career. I think about the AJ Styles G1 match from about 2014. Yeah, I want to say the year was where AJ won it with the calf crusher. Um, I think about the Willow spray G one match in Dallas, where I think Lance Archer, that was kind of his coming out party and the start of this great run that he's on. Now, I think of both of those matches that immediately come to mind. And, um, and this one, and I think in terms of, you know, this is the kind of match where I'm sure we have some, you know, if there are, are some of the wrestlers who listen to our show, I would love for them to, you know, come in the DMS if they're more comfortable with that and talk to us about what they thought of his performance in this match from a wrestler's standpoint of the pacing, the crowd control, the just, he, he just, he was in total control here. And I don't want to take anything away from Tanahashi. You need a guy like that for a match like this to work. And, you know, Tanahashi sold his ass off and, He's, he, you know, he's this legend who's, uh, who's, who's trying to fight from the bottom. Man, I love this. This was my other notebook match on the show, aside from Ishii and Moose. And, um, yeah, I, I completely agree that this is, uh, 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 this, this could possibly be the best work 
of Lance Archer's career right here in this match. Yeah, well, it's one of those matches, and that's why I mentioned like the, the good professional wrestlers having a great professional wrestling match, because it always it stayed at like a certain pace the entire time. It never overstayed its welcome. It never felt like it was getting... But it was just like little by little, just good, 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 building to the crescendo, building to the finish, building to the final. And uh, yeah, it's just like it flew by. Like I could not believe that 19 minutes had passed when the match was over, and that was just, yeah, like you said, Archer... Uh, one of the career great performances from Archer uh, here, but uh, tremendous, tremendous stuff here. Definitely, as we said, if you're if you're looking for matches, definitely go out of your way to watch this one. I would say definitely go out of your way to watch Ishii uh, and Moose, and then definitely go out of your way to watch the Will Osprey promo. And then I don't know. I mean, everything else I think on the show was good. Like I would definitely recommend. I mean, it's a, easy as fuck a, watch. Easy as hell watch. A three and a half hour show that to me breezed by. Yeah, absolutely. You just watch the whole show. Honestly, <laughs> I would really just recommend that. But if you're pressed for time, those two matches for sure. But I would really just try to. Uh, I mean, you could blow off the first three or four matches if you wanted to, sure. but they're, they're such easy watches that why not just sit through them? I mean, the, the show doesn't drag at any point. No, it really doesn't. No, it doesn't, yeah. Um, and then Archer, you know, gives the promo afterwards and talks about, but you know, he basically put over Tanahashi big. And we shouldn't leave out that Moxley watched from ringside because, and then Moxley was like mad that Tanahashi won because he wanted to get his hands back on Archer. So there's that too. And, but this obviously sets up the Moxley Tanahashi match that, you know, we all knew was coming. It's just a question of where are they going to make it work for all out? Do it at all out, (laughs) please. It's going to be tricky with the flight. Yeah, for sure. We heard that they're going to do it at Arthur Ashe, but that would mean Tanahashi is either not in the G1, which is is unthinkable. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It would either mean he's not in the G1 or he's jumping into the G1 tour a couple days late which means they would have to adjust their schedule for him and he'd have to catch up on some of his block matches. But that's what we heard months and months ago. And when we heard that, the person we heard it from laid out all of the plans for the U.S. title that have all happened. You see what I'm saying? Like everything they said was going to happen with the U.S. title. This was before Moxley lost it. And they told us exactly the path of the title and they've been right every step of the way. And the last part of this story was supposed to be Moxley Tanahashi at Arthur Ashe. I just don't think it makes sense because it conflicts with the G1, but who the fuck knows? But now we know that match is going to happen. We just don't know when or where. So, um, yeah. So yeah, great match, great stuff with Moxley at ringside. What'd you think of, uh, drama King doing commentary? First of all, Kozlov has to go. Oh, he's so bad. <laughs> he is so bad. And- there was one part where Kevin Kelly was going through something. I, I noted this, too. So Kevin Kelly's going through some diatribe where he's you know describing this match. And Kozlov goes, hey, Kelly. He goes, yeah. He goes, you know what me and Jay White have in common? And Kelly, Kevin Kelly goes, well, what is that? He goes, Shawn Michaels was our favorite wrestlers growing up. And then Kelly gives him a second and goes, Thanks, Alex. <laughs> and moves on. It just goes back to what he's talking yeah, You about can more. tell that Kelly is just he's like, tolerating. He's like, come on, man. You can't you gotta bring something to the table here. You gotta do something. Yeah, Kozlov, nice guy, I'm sure, but he's gotta go. I thought Drama King Matt was good. I think he did his information. he got his information, he did his research. The voice is a li- it feels like it's a little put on. He's I still think that's his voice. I think it is too, but it just—I I don't just know. He's just a drama kid, and that's his fucking. Yeah, voice. it is. It is. He—he, he, th- you're right. Though, about one thing about him is he works hard to put the stories over, 
and he absolutely did his homework. He did a ton of homework and a ton of research. And that I will always give people credit for that. that. I will always respect that. If you come to the table, not Lanny Poffo style, come to the table with some research and understanding what's going on uh, in front of you. And he he, he acted like he had been doing, you know, New Japan for years. He knew all the stories, knew all the backgrounds, knew all that sort of stuff. So, um, no, I, I, I didn't mind him. I don't know if I loved him, but I think... I mean, if we're talking improvement over Kozlov, I mean, a 10,000 time improvement over, over Alex Kozlov. Oh, Lenny Poffo, yeah. <laughs> I, I like when he said, Ishii, he's the champion of the British. Because he was the Rev Pro champion. Yes, ask, in question form, by the way, in case you're wondering. Champion of the British? Yeah. And he kept talking about the trinkets he was bringing home to his grandkids. <laughs> Lenny. No one cares. Right. So you went to Japan and bought some stuff. Cool. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about the trinkets <laughs> you're bringing home to your grandkids. Um, or at least just mention it once. But Kozlov, he was talking about Fred Rosser and Rocky Romero potentially being a tag team. Did you hear that? Where you, you said, <laughs> I don't think so, no. He goes, I have some tag team names for them. And Kevin's like, all right, well, let's hear them. Right? And he's like, Mr. No Days Off and Mr. One Day Off. And just crickets, you know. <laughs> right, they just leave them to die. Yeah. And Kelly's like, "Well, uh, you have another one." Like, <laughs> right, okay, like, what's next? Yeah. That one fucking stinks, right? And he goes, "Yes, one more. How about the Black Tigers?" Crickets from both guys again. <laughs> like he worked on this material. Yeah. And then Kelly's just like, "All right, well, we've got action here." <laughs> Nevertheless, yeah. Let's... Yeah. You know, like, it's just terrible. Like, and I yeah. don't even know if it's bad on purpose or if he's just... No, I, I there was a time where I thought it was bad on purpose. Like, I was watching a New Japan Strong, and I was like, oh, he's bad on purpose. And then I, I, I quickly realized, wait a minute, no, he's just bad, so... I think Kelly with the drama guy would have been all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure. think it would have been fine, you know? And uh, Drama King Matt, I think he's going to wrestle some Strong coming up. Yeah, I'd rather he just do commentary, well, but that's fine. <laughs> whatever, whatever, yeah, you know, hey, I, you know, I don't fine. need him in the ring. <laughs> I don't need him in the ring. Um, what if they bring Simon Gotch back and they do the fucking oh the vaude villains? You want the vaude villains back? Yeah, they do right. some vaude villains I like the vaude villains. No, that's fine. You know, um, I'll defend the vaude villains. They were solid, man. Back when NXT made sense. Yeah, vaude villains versus Enzo and Cass. That was great. Great back and forth. Uh, yeah. those guys. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, pump the brakes. Top <laughs> indie draw Enzo though, right? <laughs> yeah, that casket. <laughs> He lost a casket match to Waller. <laughs> we got to talk about that. So, We're running out of time here. Yeah. But we got to talk about the fact that out of nowhere, of course, NEW books yeah. Jerry Lawler versus Enzo. Right. And then a day before the show, they say, breaking news, <laughs> Enzo versus Jerry Lawler is now a casket match. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. Is that right. available? Can you watch that anywhere yet? I don't know. You usually can. I want to watch that but... for sure. I'm sure it drew a thousand thousand plus. I'm sure, I'm sure it did. It. Yeah. NEW. Yeah. Nobody ever gives them any credit. No. But... Yeah. Never never any credit at all. Um well, all we have left is Triple Mania. I think we're gonna get it in. Yeah, all right, so. yeah, all right. So sorry to uh Glory by Honor uh from Ring of Honor and Impact uh, yeah, Wrestling yeah. Emergence, but that's fine. Uh Glory by Honor, Sean Cedor, uh, voiceswrestling.com, great preview uh, about all that going on. Obviously a very tough weekend to run a uh a double shot here on Friday against Rampage and then Saturday against SummerSlam. So uh, that might be an issue. And then Impact's got one of their dumb pseudo Impact Plus pay-per-view things. But that's fine. Uh, Triple Mania. Let's talk about it. So I did not see. I only saw a bit. I ran out of time here. So I watched the uh, Triple Threat, uh, Triple A uh, World Tag Team title match. I saw the Mega title match. And I saw the Mask versus Hair. What did you see from Triple Mania? I saw everything from the... uh... 
the Battle Royal on, I didn't see the Marvel match. Okay, I missed the Marvel match as well. But uh, apparently it was uh, Vikingo, uh, Lady Marvia, uh, Octagon Jr., Sexy Star, Brian Cage, and Taurus uh, were in the... Uh, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't see it. I can't comment on it. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the Cybernetico, the Battle Royal? Yeah, I did. That's where I jumped in. How'd that go? Um, way too long. Way too long. I mean, and then the post-match stuff was almost as long as the match. I mean, it just, this felt like, as one long segment, it never ended. But, um, and as you predicted, Nino Hamburguesa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Mystery Guana won, which was the right winner because it's like a feel-good moment, you know, because Mystery Guana rules. And then because they rolled out a new heel unit that came in and destroyed him, he was the perfect guy for the heels to beat up. Because... You know, he's this happy-go-lucky, over-with-the-crowd babyface. So good booking from that perspective. The right guy won if you were going to have a new heel unit debut and beat the shit out of the guy who won. So we don't get to say this often about AAA, but very well booked. Very well booked here. So um, that was the story there. And Iguana took the beat down from uh, from NGD. And I think that's what they're calling them. And La Empresa, she also fucking join them so we've got another big um uh faction here coming into uh another heel faction in triple a that was basically the gist of it uh, i did not watch the women's match it was a uh, diana parazu versus fabi apache this is for the uh the triple a women's title and the impact women's title uh title for title here and it looks like diana parazu wins both titles so uh, how was this i didn't like it i thought it stunk I, it's, i've seen that from a lot of people and i'm kind of surprised so why why did it stink i didn't think they had good chemistry um I just didn't like the match at all. I, I, you know, I thought it was an actively bad match. It's gotten, I think, on cage match. Let me let me double check what it is. It is not. It's like sub two on cage match or something like that. Yeah. It is really bad. Well, that lines um, up with yeah. Yeah, let, let me let me get the exact number here. Three point zero two. So not under two, but three point zero two, which is very low. I mean, that's yeah. that's bad. Yeah. Oh, cage match three. Oh yeah, that's awful. Cage. Oh, you know, cage match three. Yeah, God only knows what grapple. It's probably a fucking one. They they hit everything. So I was thinking grapple, but yeah, grapple no, a, a three on cage match is a one and a half star match. Yeah. So, no, yeah, that lines up. It was not good. It was a bad match. They just didn't have good chemistry, and um, Peraza won, which means we'll be seeing more of her, which is kind of cool, I guess. But I have no interest in seeing these two wrestle again, and that's probably what the next match will be. So. Uh, so I jumped in for this uh, triple threat match here, or, or, or through a uh, tag team title match here. Lucha Brothers, Phoenix, and Pentagon uh, defending the AAA world titles against uh, Brian Cage, who was the, uh, the the mystery partner for Taurus. So Brian Cage doing double duty, Taurus doing double duty uh, as well. And they uh, they faced uh, Vikingo and Laredo Kid uh, as well. This went uh, 15 minutes, or 14 minutes and 29 seconds. I Okay. I'm, ne- I'm not a guy who thinks that too much shit in a match is bad. But this match really tested my limit for shit happening in a match. It's I, guys. It was just guys doing shit, man. It was I. I like it because I like all these guys. But man, it tested my limit for guys doing shit. Yeah, I. Uh, I thought I was gonna have the hot take here. I thought this was just sensory overload. It was I, too much, man. Just every second is just a guy doing a flip, a guy doing this, a guy. It, it was a little too much for me. <laughs> it was just, yeah, I, I, I appreciated the effort that all these men put forth, but not for me. This was just a little too much. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate it or anything, but, um, you know, a lot of people loved it and I just, I don't know. This was just, 
I, I yeah, can see it as, as spots. I mean, it yeah, was, it was just every great. time, every second you turn around, it was a guy flipping onto another guy from the top rope, and it was like, all right, <laughs> I think I got it. Like it's you know, yeah. I don't know. I wanted to like it a little bit more than I did, and I really was pained me when it was over, and I just went, man, that was just a lot. I I just don't think I liked it that much. So, um, I don't know. Well, Brian Brian Cage shed his superhero gear and jumped in as the mystery partner. Yes. Here, so. Um, it, it was know, worth it to hear Hugo <laughs> talk about Brian Cage. And go, yeah. uh, Brian Cage, Mister, get my shit in. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> was awesome. yeah. He goes, TNA, TNA, TNA. Brian Cage, Mister, get my shit in. <laughs> so I was like, hell yeah. You go. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, I did not watch the next match here. Uh, I skipped over this one to get to the final two matches as I was running low for time. So let me know all about uh, La Impresa versus Team Triple A. It was what you <laughs> see on paper. Puma King, Samadonis, Chessman, Murder Clown, Pagano. Yeah. Yeah, just a lot of fucking plunder and 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 violence and you know, um it just a just a crazy wild spectacle sort of match and it is exactly what you would think it would be. Worth paper. watching though, you think? Nah, on this okay. show I would recommend um probably the three-way tag because I think most people liked it better than we did and really loved it. And I didn't hate it. I just thought it was a little too much. So I would recommend that Omega Andrade because of who's involved. And I would recommend Psycho Clown, of course. Those are the three I would recommend. I wouldn't recommend this match for someone who's just bouncing around. Uh, let's get to the mega title here. Kenny Omega comes out uh, and defends the title against Andrade, who brings out Ric Flair. What do you think of Ric Flair appearing at Triple Mania? I think it was once he got in the ring to do spots, I cringed a little, but it all came out fine. He, this, this is what I was talking about a few weeks ago with him. He's he's getting and and like obviously Ric Flair has been old for a while. He's getting really old. Like he can't really walk that well anymore. Yeah, he can't move. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hit me in the last few years that he's just he's just really getting old. And I don't. I'm starting to. It's starting to lose a little bit of believability. When guys have to go in there and sell for him and stuff, so I don't know. It, it's I, I hate to be a curmudgeon about it, but it it, it didn't here. It kind of worked. I mean, what do you think? I thought that 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 his involvement. Was no, I, I no, I thought it worked. I just meant it, it's getting to that point where it's getting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of weird. Really no, in this in this one it worked, but I think you got to be very careful about what you what you put him in, who he's in there with, how they sell, how they do all that sort of stuff. There's just yeah. a lot that you got to do that you didn't have to do for Ric Flair over the last 20, 30 years, but I think you're going to have to start doing moving forward with him. So. Well, Conan's like 25, 30 years younger and, and arguably worse shape. <laughs> yes, exactly. Conan so. walks worse than him, so yeah, for sure. So, I mean, but he put the figure four on Conan. They did the double figure four spot, and it came across fine. I mean, um, but you really have to pick your spots like you're saying with Flair. As far as the match, I thought it was a good match, but I didn't think it was a great match. Um, and I think there's still something missing with Andrade. Yeah. It's just something's missing with him. I, I I don't think he was bad in the match, but I'm waiting for the Andrade that we know that can be great. Just grab the ship by the horns. Just grab it and let's go. Like, let's, yeah. come on, man. This is your, this is a big spot for you. You're with Flair. You're in the semi-main event against Triple Mania. You're, you're, you're against Kenny Omega. It's for the mega title. Like, let's go. Let's get a little juice going here, man. I think Pac, to me, is his last chance for, in my opinion, if we're ever going to get the old La Sombra back because um, obviously the Seidel match was nothing special. I watched a tag again with uh, with El Hio Del Santo, and look, that was a different kind of match. He's not gonna. So I'll, 
that's I'll set that one aside because that piloto suicida and it, and 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 Santo, two older guys in their fifties, and it was more of a, a true. It was like a Rudo Technico classic lucha match. That's a different kind of match, and I liked it. So I'll set that one aside. I reviewed it behind the paywall, ten dollar tier. But this one with Omega, it's like it's Kenny Omega. And when Kenny Omega comes down here, he has great fucking matches. Oh, every he's so time. good. I, that was going to be oh. my point. We're running out of time here a little bit, but yeah. he's just the best fucking wrestler in the world. He, it's ridiculous the year that this guy is having. And he goes out there and he's just. He, we talk about somebody just knowing the moment and grabbing it by the horns and just dominant. I mean, fucking Kenny Omega is doing everything in this match to make it great. Just. Yeah, and, he's and, so and, good. And I mean, <laughs> this is the difference between just a star anywhere he goes. In Kenny, who can wrestle an impact and be a star and go to AAA and be a star and wrestle completely different matches and make it work. And then you got, you know, Andrade, who, who just like, you just come on, let's go. Let's come on. But even in this environment, I mean, he had great matches with Phoenix and Laredo Kid in this environment. Yeah. And Andrade had the easily the worst match Omega's had singles match he's had yet. And I, I again, I, I'm not it wasn't a bad match, but it, it was a good match. It was a good I would I'd say like three and a quarter, three and a half, something like that. That's not what you want out of these two guys. You want them to go out there and threaten match of the year lists. And there's just something missing in Andrade's performances. And to me, Pac is his last chance. That is his last chance with me. I think this might just be what this guy is now. Maybe he feels like he doesn't need to be what he was before because he's a star now and he can, I don't know what it is, but this match just never got over the hump from good to great. And that was disappointing. Uh, and then our main events, Mask versus Hair, Psycho Clown putting the mask on the line against Ray Scorpion and his uh, slightly long hair. <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, Psycho Clown keeps his mask and Ray Scorpion loses his slightly long hair. So Yeah, and they did the great um, Brazo de Plato. Uh, um, oh, the tribute video, video was really good. Yeah, that was a great, great tribute. And um, I think Psycho Clown came out with his kids. Yes, yep. So, and it was a psycho clown match. I mean, I thought it went a little long. That that was going to be my thing. Yeah, I, 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 the match time was twenty three thirty five, and you could probably have cut safely five to eight minutes off of that for sure. As but they're just brawling like, outside but, the crowd. But it's fine. It's the triple mania main event. So it's psycho clown. It's a triple mania yeah. main event, and I'm sure the people there didn't have any problem with the length. Um, so it's a minor complaint and probably a frivolous one, and. You knew the result, but it was still entertaining in a psycho clown way. And um, Rhea Scorpion loses the hair. He looked better with the haircut, in all honesty. I think that's going to work out for him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. So I enjoyed that match. I enjoyed Kenny and Andrade on on some level, even if it was disappointing. And, um, you know, the rest, had there was, a, there was definitely a range with the rest of it. Um, with the uh, Peraza Fabi Apache match being easily the worst thing I saw on the show, with the disclaimer that I did not see the opener. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm not upset that I watched it. I just didn't think anything blew me away. I thought Omega and Andrade. I, Omega's performance was great in it, but like you said, it was it was it was clear that Andrade. You just need a little bit more out of him. Ric Flair appearing was cool. Uh, the three way, a lot of stuff happened, but I don't know that I really loved it. And then the mask versus hair, not a match that I'm always going to love, but it's one of those ones you kind of have to watch and you kind of have to understand that the crowd that it's 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 made for probably fucking adored it, and they, and they absolutely did. They were going nuts the entire time, so uh, definitely worked for them. So a, a decent show from what I saw, but um, yeah. 
that's uh, with Triple Mania. We have a great review up at VoicesWrestling.com as well. Ricardo and, and Griffin uh, did a, a very good job there. So if you want to read more extensive yeah. thoughts about Triple Mania, VoicesOfWrestling.com uh, for that. But uh, that is it for us. So that uh, we uh, will come back next week. We'll have a lot to talk about, obviously, next week. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, Rampage, as we said. Prob- we're not going to do a live uh, instant reaction, but uh, potentially a, a post-show reaction from me. Uh, SummerSlam, eh, don't look forward to anything for SummerSlam TakeOver, don't look at anything, but we'll have all the coverage next week uh, on, on uh, the Voice of Wrestling flagship. So anyway, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. Take care. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.